Ooh, good and squeaky. Check, check, one, two. Oh, yeah, squeaky chair. That's going to be one thing I update will be the non-squeaky chair. Squeaky chair. Check, check. <laughs> Could be something that you leave in there to be like a. Uh, it's authentic. Like a calling card. Yeah. <laughs> squeaky chair studio. You put the, you put the artist squeaky. in the squeaky chair so that way they know. Yeah. They got to be quiet. Right. Yeah. You're, you're in trouble. You're in the squeaky chair. You're yeah. in trouble. You're in the squeaky chair. <laughs> it works. There's it works your, there's your sound bite. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep this in here. So I'm going to introduce everybody real quick before so okay. I can keep this. Uh, everybody, this is the Georgia Songbirds, and we're here with Caleb Wilkie and Kyle. Uh, I didn't get your last Davis, name. Davis. Kyle Davis. Kyle Davis. Okay, I should know that. Uh, are you part of the Privateers? Is that what it is? Yep. Okay. Uh, they came here to Songbird Studio, guys. Usually we do up at the gazebo, but honestly, it's hot. It's, <laughs> it's a little so warm. hot. <laughs> a little it's warm. really hot. And I have to like run lines up there. I'm like, okay, it's too hot. Let's just do it in here. You guys got a mini split now. It's nice and I am okay with I'm, the air conditioning. I'm okay not sweating for about two hours, <laughs> so I'll take that as a win. Yes. Uh, introduce yourself, guys. So I'm Caleb Wilkie. I'm a uh, singer-songwriter from for South County, Georgia, or uh, Cumming, Georgia. The uh, love my town, hate the name is what it is. Um, but yeah, I've, a '96 <laughs> rock thing right there. Oh yeah, I feel baby. like I'm the other side of that. I think I like the name, but I like that I like, <laughs> I like going to Cumming. Well, there's a uh, a BJ's and a Dick's right across the road from each other, so it is what it is. Okay, fair enough. You, you need um, a Beaver's carpet too. There's the one in Calhoun, or not Calhoun, Dalton. <laughs> Good gracious. But yeah, I've been singing and playing uh, since, I was singing since I was a kid, playing, uh, I guess I started guitar lessons when I was 13, so I've been playing a long time. I wanted to be some alt rocker, you know, every every teenager wants to be a rock and roll star. That's what we start out as. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I've just been singing and playing and having a good old time, man. That's cool. Yeah, I'm Kyle Davis, um, and I'm just here on the coattails of Caleb Wilkie. I just <laughs> ride along wherever he takes me and do that. Uh, I play the banjo, so you'll hear that maybe in a little bit. But I'm just a banjo player that uh, listened to Caleb a few times and realized I wanted to make music with him, and we started making music, and it turned into something that was more fun than playing uh, just solo in the basement. So then we next thing you know, we started making music together, and it's it's been really cool. So we, uh, we're we a duo a lot, of th- a lot of the time, and then we have other people that – you know, we have Wes Queen's our drummer. He's he's our most solid other guy. We have a oh, bass yeah. player and stuff, but we uh, it's a lot of times like it's just us two. We're playing this weekend. It's just the two of us, so it's kind of a kind of a duo. Um, but we really when he when we kind of thought about making a band, I wanted to make sure it was Caleb Wilkie and something, not like a group name. So that way he got his name out there because I wanted Caleb to get his name on the wanted him to be on the books. So uh, it's just kind of I say it's a group. It's just him and we play along with him. So it's pretty pretty cool. It's it's a collaborative effort, Kyle. It is. It's but, a when when we started this, I was just a solo musician. Okay. So it was twenty twenty one was a crazy year. That's when we started. And like my house had caught fire and I wrecked my car and so I was just kind of in this like weird, weird place. And like music was the only thing that kept me going. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So I was close because there was I was having trouble getting gigs. I was having trouble just wanting to play and I was like I want to do something different and so me and Kyle started talking and we started playing in the basement (laughs) and uh well it's like uh he was working with my sister at Cherokee High School and she was like uh she was like yeah she's like my friend Kyle he's a banjo player you guys you guys need to meet and I was like okay and so we met a couple of times and we were kind of like okay cool we're both musicians kind of like okay that's that's cool and then uh, 
one night they had uh, Jessica had invited Kyle and his wife Jessica to come to a uh, songwriter night at Mad Life. Okay. And Jessica's like, oh yeah, Kyle and Jessica are coming. I was like, okay, cool. And so it was like the Undiscovered Artist Night, and that's the first time he had really heard me sing. Yeah, I knew I knew he played music, and uh, I've been playing for several years. And I, I consider myself a pretty okay banjo player, you know? It's so like I'm not just, like, I'm not, not a beginner, right. but like the Undiscovered Artist part of the in- invite, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be some idiot that can't play. <laughs> like, I don't really know who he is. Like, I know who Caleb was, you know, because it's Jessica's sister, but... I was like, oh gosh, what if we, I'll, oh Cora, okay, we'll go have a few beers and I'll listen to some guy try to sing songs. And then I heard him and was like, oh, well, he can really get down. Mm-hmm. And then next thing, just it became an organic sort of thing and we started playing in my basement. Because me and my wife, we, have, we host like parties for St. Patty's Day and for uh, Halloween and stuff. And so we just started, we have a nice space kind of like this to come over and hang out. And next thing you know, we're playing music and, and it just turned into like, well, I mean, we could make money doing it. So it sort of leaned into that and, and now we've been playing for it'll be two years this two October. Years. Yeah, the uh, our first gig. So I've got like a standing gig in Gainesville at a little dive bar called Locos. Been there for like ever since I started gigging. And so me and Kyle, Kyle had talked to uh, one of our friends, Shanna Coulter, and she was like, "Hey, I'm putting together this little music festival." And she's like, "I want you to come play banjo." And Kyle's like, "Caleb, let's let's go play this." And so I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "I don't know how this is gonna go." And so the week before, we went and played Locos. Mm-hmm. Just just me and Kyle. I uh, told the guy, I was like, yeah, I was, I'm bringing a buddy of mine. We're just going to test this out and see how it goes. And people were like, oh, my gosh, you guys are awesome. And so we're like, okay, maybe, okay, people like this. Maybe we've got something. So we ended up, we practiced and got everything ready for Barnaroo. And so, like, the, the lineup of Barnaroo is always eclectic so we played after a mariachi band and so <laughs> who, who absolutely i want a mariachi band on the show i've never had a mariachi, mariachi they were very band. good i'm gonna tell you right now these guys because we were playing there's like three stages and we were playing like the front porch stage and we were waiting on the mariachi band who was playing on like a trailer they were just out in the field on the trailer <laughs> they had like christmas lights strung up yeah, it, was it was a whole it was whole cool thing. and so and and shanna had been telling us now the mariachi band will be here in a minute and it was like say we're playing at seven they're supposed to play at six at like six oh one, yeah, they roll up in this like white van, open the doors, get out of the van with their instruments on on the trailer, full, full regalia, <laughs> walk over there, and absolutely murder. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were harmonies. They were they dope. were playing. They, they played like uh, Tennessee whiskey. Like they wow, they okay. killed it. So absolutely. we're st- we're standing there like, oh yeah, we can go after the mariachi <laughs> band. And these dudes went out there and absolutely murdered it. And I was like. Oh gosh, I hope we're good. Yeah, you know, like that was our first because I was like, no, we got it, we're good. We're this good. was this was our first like gig as Caleb Wilkie and the Privateers. Yeah. We're like, okay, let's see how this goes. And so, and there's like fifty or sixty people like ready to listen to us. Yeah, so oh, it's yeah. like a full, you know, for us like a full little crowd. And uh, what was funny is I caught Kyle off guard because the mariachi band ended, and so we had already plugged up. We were ready to rock and roll. And I was like, what's up, Barnaroo? In his face, he turned around and looked like, at me like, what have I got myself okay, into? Yeah. <laughs> and so then people, man, they came over and we hit uh, uh, Keep Your Hands to Yourself by the Georgia Satellites. And we lit off with that one and we had the crowd ever since. And they it's were fantastic. like, it's a good one to lead off with. Oh, yeah. And we really haven't looked back either. Like since that, since that night, it was, 
quits a lot of our friends. Like we know the people, right. and there's a lot of people that were kind of like, you know, like fringe friends of ours that kind of we knew but didn't know they played music. And you know, like oh gosh, I didn't know those guys played music. And so next thing you know, the crowd's jumping up and down, and everybody's dancing, everybody's singing along. And it was like when we got done, it was kind of that high, that vibe you oh, feel yeah. after you play a good show. Mm-hmm. And there's just like a a plethora of people that came up and were telling us how great we were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, well maybe we're maybe we can do this. And we have literally ever since been trying to find our way back to Barnroo. Like that's oh, yeah. ev- everything we do is probably compared to that a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. And we've played. We ended up playing Barnroo last year too, and we're on the lineup for this year as well. Yeah. Um, so definitely honored that they keep wanting us back for some yeah. reason <laughs> and we've had some great shows but like it's always that first one it's like your first kiss kind of like you didn't like you didn't expect it to be good and then it was actually good so and now it's always like, oh, oh, mine was sloppy i don't know about yours <laughs> oh it was <laughs> it wasn't well, good it was wet i was like oh my god <laughs> it was the first show was a little sloppy but the excitement outweighed the sloppiness yes yes because people enjoyed it because you as a musician you always hope like man, I I think I'm okay. Like I learned this song. I, ho- I hope it's good. Then you play it, and, and I don't know how y'all felt when you were learning music. But I started playing banjo when I started college, so when I was 19, and um, I would learn a song, some little dinky Rocky Top or something on the banjo, and and I'd be like, hey, hey mom, hey listen to this, and I would go to play it, and I couldn't play it. I would get three notes in and mess up. Be like, ah, I just did it five minutes ago, so perfect. Mm-hmm. And you always hope like, oh, is that what we're is that about to happen out here? Like, yeah. are we about to go out here and freeze up? You know, so yeah. Oh yeah. Anybody that plays in a band, if you if you had like I know there's a lot of singer songwriters guys they play by themselves, and I I've always felt more comfortable with somebody on stage. Just, oh yeah. yeah. You got somebody that's sharing it with you. You can you know when you mess up or they mess up, you can share that experience. Or like I said, when you do it great and you get that high, it's like oh man, let's let's keep going. We did great. There yeah. is absolutely nothing like fronting a band. Nothing. Like especially a really good one because a lot of our sets like we gig with a set list to an extent Mm -hmm. we've got songs we know and we've got songs we know really well but our shtick i guess you could say is requests so and the weirder usually turn out the better okay you've come to a show now that i'm going to test that theory good (laughs) sweet yeah And, and we enjoy that because we from a bluegrass background, we always had a set list. There's no request. It's old people sitting out there in the crowd with their this from their RV. Mm-hmm. They've had barbecue and they're drinking their sweet tea and they want to listen to to bluegrass. They don't they don't they don't get requests. You just play the music you play. Well, this one we play for like bars. Half the people we play for have been drinking. I would say more than half. Most of the people we play oh, for. Oh yeah. It's like people sure. that are drinking. So they're like, oh my gosh, have you heard of Tyler Childers? You know, and it's one of those. <laughs> no. <laughs> and next thing you know, it turns into that. And it's it's real. I'm really lucky that Caleb knows such a wide range of music. And he like he knows like knows as in like he listens to. Mm-hmm. So he knows he can get close, even if it's something that's not really in his you know in his regular arsenal. And then if I can do the chords, I can use a roll along with it. It seems like we know it. And people are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you know what any anything. Like, like last. What's that Bush song we played? That Glycerine. You, Glycerine. Glycerine. <laughs> we did Glycerine is like a bluegrass song. Yeah. Like it gets like that random. Like when I started learning guitar, my guitar teacher was a heavy metal guitar player. And so. So was my banjo teacher. I'm, I'm totally kidding. That's not, <laughs> that's but not true. what's funny is. He was such a patient guy. Looked just like Dumbledore. Like big, <laughs> long hair, long beard. I mean, I've seen the man play with his teeth. Absolutely amazing guitar player. And he taught me, like, 
anything I wanted to learn. And so I would bring him this off the wall stuff and just like these indie bands and these like, like alt rock and country. And it was like, every time I'd go to guitar lessons, it would be like a different song. And so it would challenge like him, like it wouldn't challenge him, but he's like, he's like, Caleb, he's like, thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing like weird stuff. He's like, this is fun. And, uh, did I always practice? No. Was I supposed to? Yes. But he taught me a lot. He taught me how to be very versatile and to listen to all different stuff because in bars, people want to hear more than just wagon wheel. And it's, it's actually surprising because like we'll pull out like a stained cover and people are like, Oh my gosh, I love this song. Like, they're like, Oh my gosh, I forgot about that one. Well, people are scared to request things to start with, with a banjo up there. Cause they mm-hmm. think it's going to be a certain type of music mm-hmm. and we get pigeonholed when they see us oh, yeah. as like, we we're so you're going to play wagon wheel and Rocky top and oh brother, where art thou? And that's, uh, that's all people know. Cause they don't, they don't know much bluegrass. Right. So, but then we start getting into the stuff where it's a little different and you can kind of see some like, if we play at mad life and there's like a crowd that's kind of like, well, we were eating dinner. You just happen to be playing and then we'll play some, something that's kind of fringy weird. Yeah. And they'll be like, Oh, do, do you know this? And then we'll play something that's, I mean, it may be close. We don't know all the songs, but something close. Yeah. And then that one, that one request happens. And then there's just like a constant barrage of people that come up the front, like, and it gets weirder. Britney Spears or <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne Boys. the other night, yeah, br- yeah, yeah. It, it, all the weird stuff. Jimi Hendrix, yeah. It. So that's where we 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 kind of hang our hat on knowing, and I always make the joke at live shows. Uh, this these are only four songs we know. We want you want to, you're going to a- ask us to play stuff now because we don't know any more songs, and that it usually turns out. It turns out pretty well. <laughs> now, now there have been some stinkers. Oh, my gosh. There have been some stinkers. We do not, like, if we, it's... We played Toes in the Water. At, um, <laughs> oh, Zach. Oh, they're so hard. That's such a so, hard song to play. I couldn't remember the song. Kyle didn't know the song. Our drummer, he's like a big fish jam band, kind of that vibe. He'd uh, never heard the song. And our bass player was like, I can't remember the melody I, at I all. I don't think we were so... We were playing four different songs, and I was like, boys, just, just kill it. Just kill it and now. I, and I don't think we were doing anything the same. No. Like, we were just kind of, we all sort of started, and then after a while, it's like, ah, this ain't going to work just, out. Just kill it. This, somebody <laughs> kill it now. It, please. See, my bass is Jordan. He said, you know when we do a show, we were to start out, and all of us get on the wrong instrument, and just start playing, playing and playing badly, <laughs> and then go through a whole song that way. It's like, oh, wait a minute, these are all the instruments that we play, oh, and then yeah, actually go and play the whole set out. <laughs> Yeah, like right. so. If I start off with a banjo, and you start off singing. Yeah, I'll start off singing. That that would absolutely. Because <laughs> then the people would be like, "Man, they were way better when they swapped up." So like, they were good. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would start off with the banjo. <laughs> what What do you play mostly? What's uh, your... acoustic guitar? I, I do the writing and I play acoustic, and I am singing. Like I said, uh, for the mo- most part, I always card all music, mutt music, because it's such a mixture of blues and country. Because I mean, hear hear me talk. It's kind of going to be a one style genre I just, I just can't get out of the way i sound but i'm growly so i love rock and i grew up listening to rock i grew up listening to tupac two life crew hank williams jr uh, merle haggard i had all these different people that i would listen to and people that heard the podcast know how i feel about covers i've never been big on covers just because i never could do them justice i just know i couldn't so if i'm going to do a song and do a cover i'm going to change it i don't make it my way like i'll do uh, prince when doves cry but I do it a whole lot different in Prince because yeah. I can't touch Prince. Nobody can. Prince is like amazing. <laughs> you might have to show us that one. I will absolutely. <laughs> you know what? I, I've got the challenge for you. I'll play it for you. I, uh, uh, so we'll do the challenge one at the end. So okay. I do a cover challenge, and you guys are going to be the first to do it 
uh, live on the spot. Sweet. Which we'll not okay. Really, not really on the spot because we'll, I'll give you a little chance well, to warm up for it. That's okay. the worst we can do. Just be bad. That's okay. Yeah, right. be bad. I've, been, I've been bad before. <laughs> so give, us a few, give us a few options. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll do it at the end. So we'll get okay. your guys' music in first. So let's start off, uh, since you guys are live, we'll go ahead and do uh, one of your guys' songs now. Okay. Um, I love originals. So, I mean, I always ask originals. You can do, oh, yeah. you can do whatever oh, yeah. you want. I prefer originals, but like I said, you do whatever you feel comfortable doing. Okay. So, um, this first one we're going to do is called $5 Bill. So <laughs> I had a gig at Green Line for St. Patty's Day. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, it had just rained outside. And so we were all packed into Green Line. And if you've been in Green Line, <laughs> it is like five people are packed. Yeah, five people <laughs> yeah, are packed. It's, it's always and, full. <laughs> and there was, <laughs> but like that night, there was like 30 people in that bar. Wow. It was packed. And because um, you can only play inside if you're a solo. Yeah. Uh, when we play uh, two of us or three or four of us, we play outside. Right. But. Me, yeah. me and you can't play inside. No. We take up the whole doorway. We would take up the whole door. But uh, so I played that night, and like y'all were, uh, you and Jess had other plans that night, so it was just yeah. me. And so I was playing and playing, and uh, there was a girl there. She was a pretty girl, and like didn't know her name or anything. And uh, she came up with a request and put a five dollar bill in the jar. Didn't think anything of it. Played the request. Kept on chucking. So then I got back to the house. And was like, this is post-gig, counting the money. You know, we've all been there. Counting the money, seeing what's in the tip jar, hoping nobody left us any bad notes. And uh, so I pulled out the bill, and she had wrote her name and a phone number on it. I was like, oh, man, $5 bill. That'd make a great hook. (laughs) And so I wrote it, and uh, we were having band practice for uh, another gig we were playing. Mad Life, that's what it was. We were opening for Buddy Jewel. And uh, so, so we had to have a real set list. We had to, yeah. we had <laughs> to have a real set list. We're going to get into that too about the buddy and, drill thing in a little bit. As and well. uh, so we had to have a real set list. And it, this song was brand new. And I was like, boys, listen to this, because like I trust Colin West's judgment because they're coming from two different ends of the musical spectrum mm-hmm. than I am. And so I'm like, if this is any good, they'll let me know. If this is any bad, they'll be like, okay, Caleb, like just. Just put that one away, and they were like, and "Oh we're all, my gosh!" And we're all friends, so we, it's not a big deal to say, "No, nah, nah, we're not, we're not doing that." Like this, yeah. Yeah. that's a you do, that's a solo song. That's not a band song or whatever. But yeah, this one, uh, this one caught on pretty well. It's, it did. It's a good song. It's a, it's definitely a, a set list opener for sure. Now, did you call the girl? I did. I did take her out. It just didn't work out. Oh. I still have the on the, <laughs> in the song. I mentioned that uh, I used the five dollar bill to get gas, uh-huh. but I, no, I still have it. Because five dollars won't get you gas anymore. We know that. No, it gets me. It it gave me a gallon, gallon and a half somewhere around there. And funny, funny story. I even stumbled up on the date and didn't even know they were on a date. I had, I had uh, my wife. I can't remember. My, my wife had somewhere to go, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go to town, do some running around. I'm gonna go over and grab a a, a coffee or whatever. And I walked up, and there he was with a girl. And I was like. What do I do? Do I do I play it cool? Am I supposed to know? Like what's you know? I just walked by. I was like, "Hey guys!" And then next thing you know, here comes this song, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like this is <laughs> full circle. <laughs> you ready, Kyle? Playing a show in a bar that I ain't been back to Cruising through another three-hour set 
She walked in with a friend who sat in a back booth Gave me a wink and a smile that I can't forget She asked me if I knew the words to her favorite song Humble line said it goes like this I said I'd do my best even if it comes out wrong Well I told her I'd add it to the list I found a five dollar bill with a name and a number that I think I should probably call Oh, I could put it in the bank, set it and forget it, swear I never looked at all Just one thank you text is all I want to do Cause she thinks that ain't true So I know it isn't that big of a deal It's just a five dollar bill Back at the house, it was stuck in the tip jar I was cycling through the ones, the fives and tens Searching for a reason not to take this very far Just my luck, someone threw a 20 in I found a five dollar bill with a name and a number that I think I should probably call Oh, I could put it in the bank, set it and forget it, swear I never looked at all. Just one thank you text is all I want to do, but she thinks that ain't true. So I know it isn't that big of a deal, it's just a five dollar bill. Short on cash, figured I could use another gallon of gas. A man looked at me strange with a five dollar bill. So I said bye, headed for the hills. I found a five dollar bill with a name and a number that I think I should probably call. Oh, I could put it in the bank, said it and forget it, swear I never looked at all. Just one thank you text is all I want to do. But she thinks that ain't true, so I know. It isn't that big of a deal And I know I'm overthinking this for real It's just a five dollar bill Five dollar bill I I heard that. That's the one that I heard at the. Uh, you did the undiscovered with uh, Kurt and. Oh Jana. yeah, man. Some of these, some of these are repeats. One of these is not, but. Oh, it's a good song. I like it. I Thank like you, man. banjo and everything into it. I want to get a, a banjo guitar because I can't remember the chords, so I'm gonna cheat. <laughs> a banjo guitar so I can play it. Like, well, what's uh, what's funny is I want to go the other way. I want to do a I want to do a banjo caster where I take a banjo neck. I don't. I don't have the skills to do this, but somebody takes a banjo neck with a five-string neck and puts on like a Telecaster or a Strat body, uh-huh. and then I can play, I can three-finger pick with a Strat sound or really? a Tele sound. Yeah, there's a Ron Block, the banjo player for um, Allison Krauss in Union Station. He, oh, yeah. he has one. He don't play it much, but like he has one on his Instagram, and he plays a little bit. And you can put all your pedals in there, and then you can get all weird and do all the stuff. Cause I, I just went to, my wife took me to a concert uh, in Alabama. We went and seen... 
Allison Krauss and Robert Plant mm. uh, live. And that's the first concert I've been in in like 30, 30 years or so, right? Because I don't go to the, like, the big concerts. Right. I'm cheap. Why am I going to give that much money to somebody who's oh, on yeah. radio? The last one I remember going to uh, was in Gainesville at Lanierland, uh, Charlie Daniels. That's the last one I've ever seen. That's cool. Uh, but they were they were so good. Union Allison Krauss and Robert. Oh man, they were it's amazing. My, such a such a great solid band. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, such you, a solid band. Union Station for sure. That's my that's that's they have to be the the all time. I mean, you have, for Blur Guys, if we don't get down this this road, you know, Bill Monroe, of course, invented it. Flat and Scruggs perfected it, and everybody since has been doing some kind of copy of that. But I, it's, it doesn't get much better than that. Allison Krauss and Union Station. Oh, no. true. Because uh, we were just listening to Dan Tominski on the way over here. And that's, oh, man. He's my favorite singer. His right? new record, so good. So my, my opinion is if you see an Allison Krauss or Robert Plant, Robert Plant's a downgrade from Dan Tominski <laughs> for, for me. But, you know, that's probably a banjo player's theory. Maybe. Yeah. Plant is pretty good. Oh, he's good, yeah. He's, he's nowhere near where he was when he was with Zeppelin, but he's old. And yeah. so we got to give him a little, like, he still has respect. Yeah. He's such a good singer. He, they, he did amazing. I mean, he even he made jokes about like, hey, I'm not my days of the, you know, I don't remember a lot of those days. So this yeah. is what I sound like now. <laughs> and just to hear her, they sounded so good live. And that's what I like about listening to music. And that's when I started the podcast. I would let people play live because I think if you could play live, well, you have to play to be able to play live. You have to play live. To, to be a good singer and artist. I mean, I know people are learning and that's fine, but. I had somebody one time want to come on a show or actually wanted me to put them in a uh, songwriting um, competition kind of thing that I did. It was just kind of for to get a gig at a bar, and that's kind of what they let me do it for. And But they didn't play instrument. They want me to play their CD. I'm like, no, this is a song. you got to actually be able to play. You're playing at a bar. You can't put in a CD Right. At a bar and get a gig, but they got to learn. You know, that's just learn. part of what they're learning. But you guys are are really really good. Thank I can you. see why you're like, oh, I want to play with him. I want to pick up <laughs> my guitar and play with you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's the real deal, and and I really felt because like the Bluegrass band I had was was really good, but we were we were a really good group per se. Mm-hmm. And uh, but when I heard Caleb saying, I really was like, I, I I would like to be a part of that. You know, you know, because I I feel like I feel like I have a. I'm I'm good on the banjo. I understand Caleb's gonna be like, no, you're good too. He's the nicest guy in the entire world. There's not there's not a better person in the world. But like I feel like I if I can do anything, it's just to get his name out there and get more people to look at us. And the banjo does that. I mean, even if you're a bad banjo player, people look at the banjo yeah. when you yeah. walk in. So like I, I people I, can tell the difference between a bad banjo player and a really good one. Oh yeah. So yeah. like <laughs> there's I think a, I'm a pretty okay banjo player. Nah, I'm not pretty, I'm not arguing that, but like he's good. But I definitely uh, I do yeah. get more eyeballs on us mm-hmm. sometimes because it's like what what's going on over there what is this and then they hear him and then they stay like I'm kind of the I, I'm I, I'll if they're walking down the street at Green Line <laughs> they might see me before they hear him uh-huh. and they'll 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 come to see me so what what is happening over there but they'll stay to hear him see I I did it oppositely yes ma'am I, my bassist is play saxophone so I wanted saxophone into like a little bit of country because John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band is one of my favorite bands. If you ever seen Eddie and the Cruisers, that's who they are. 
they do like a lot of the movies from the 80s the rocky movies and yeah. they did stuff like that and i love the electric guitar mixed with a saxophone just the bad one that springsteen sound baby oh I, I love that stuff so that's kind of what i did actually that's why on a banjo tour because a banjo you're right will definitely draw in people's attention because yeah, like oh because the first thing you think of is, is obviously bluegrass yes because my papa had a banjo and he had those metal picks you know like you had on your thumbs oh, yeah. and oh, your yeah. fingers but uh i couldn't do them because i'm weird and i i, I may have said this before on a podcast but you guys never heard it uh like i can't get like people that file their nails that just will give me the heebie-jeebies. I just <laughs> it literally just makes me like start to um, shake. I'm kind of so weird, yeah. when I put those picks on my finger and I tried to pick and it pulled my nail up, mm. I was like, oh nope, 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 <laughs> nope. I can't. I guess I'm going <laughs> to guitar. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, you have to learn. I, I didn't. I, when I first started, it's been so long ago now. I guess that was 2005 when I started learning to play the banjo. Mm-hmm. I thought, how does anybody play with these stupid things in their fingers? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I could I could like learn the here's a C and here's a D. Like okay, I, I get it. But like the picks, I don't. I, maybe I can just do it without the picks. And then as you get going, it's like that's so stupid. I you was I was picks. an idiot. You yeah, know, it makes it, it makes it higher, brings that higher sound. Oh yeah, it just picks. makes it makes the banjo sound like a banjo. Yeah, you yeah. know. So I used to when I learned guitar, I would play in the dark and I'd finger pick because I couldn't hold the stupid pick. So I was like, forget the pick. So I I'd lay in there and I'd turn the light off and I'd lay the guitar on my chest and I would just finger pick mm-hmm. the songs. And that way I would know how to play. And even to this day, like when I'm playing one of our songs. If it, if I'm having to rely on a pick, it, it's a little bit harder for me to hit the right chord, the right string, than it would be if I was finger picking, because I can feel it. Yeah, and I've I've always used a pick, and when I started, like like most guitar players, it's like the really thin picks, and it's like, <laughs> oh, this has this has an eagle on it. This is cool, man. <laughs> um, but like eventually, like I started getting like the heavier picks, because I was like man, I'm going to be a rock and roll player. So got a silver burst Les Paul, you know, and those big, thick, black Dunlop picks. Mm-hmm. I got some of those. I, I got like, some oh, man. <laughs> I was like, these are sweet. And then I got it, kind of got out of that. And I was like, oh, I should probably just play more acoustic. And then now I'm using this uh, blue chip I got from Greg. And, uh, dude, that's, I love this thing, man. That's a bluegrass pick right there. It's, blue chip. As, as much as a bluegrass band as we are not, we still have the Martin guitar that's true. and mm-hmm. the banjo. So it's yeah. still like a, we still look like a bluegrass band, but we are like I told Kyle this, and I'll make a joke time or two. It's like we're like a trashy Buck and Roy. <laughs> like I've got a Buck yeah, Owens guitar. Yeah. Like he tells the jokes, I sing. So it's kind of like an opposite, but it's it still works. Yeah. It's like uh, people love seeing. They're like, oh man, can y'all do any old bluegrass stuff? And we'll like kick off on a bluegrass song, and they're like, you guys went from Stain to Dooley, and it's like such a dichotomy. Seeing these people, they're like, you guys can actually play bluegrass and this other stuff too. And so it's such a cool, it's really cool when to see people like light up like that. Yeah. yeah. See, I have to use the thin picks because I get too excited in the song and I play too hard. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather break my pick than break my strings because <laughs> I know I will. Fair enough. So I will literally, there's so many songs like I get into it. It's like we have one song, uh, it's like 222 beats per minute. I timed it just to see how fast it was because I know oh, yeah. it was weird and fast. I get into it. If I don't have the, a pick that I know is going to break, mm-hmm. I will break the strings. That's the third or fourth song in the set. It's like, okay, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. But I have to use that. Like, well, I started with these um, Dunlop, like the cheap Dunlop uh, finger picks. Mm-hmm. And it's just what I first started playing with. And if you're a real banjo player, in air quotes, you play with national picks. And like all my banjo friends were like, why are you playing with those cheap, like stupid music store picks? And I just, that's just what I started with. That's what I've always played with. And now it's like, that's all I will do. And that's, but that's what gives you your sound too. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. But like banjo players will swear that you're not supposed to use them. You're supposed to use 
national, the old national, what Lester and Earl used yeah. back in 1947 or whatever. And it's just, I, I don't know why this, it, it never, I use these old, uh, these Golden Gate uh, clown puke <laughs> things. So I go online and order four, five, six of each thing of them. So I always have one around, but yeah. like, that's his, this is the non-traditional, you know, I guess this is the traditional pick for banjo players that play um, stained. Yeah. Maybe that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> well, I mean, if you were using those national picks and you didn't put the towels in there, we couldn't use the wah pedal or the reverb <laughs> yeah, or no, get real. any of the – you would never play Jimi Hendrix on that band. That's true. Very true. Never. See, now, I think sometimes musicians get caught up in the past a little bit too much. Like, oh, well, you got to nah. do it this way and this way. <laughs> Look at Gibson guitar over the last mm, 100 years. <laughs> right. My son's name is Gibson. Rock and roll, <laughs> He's named man. after my first guitar that I ever got that was bought for me because I, I was 19. And I was playing on my, my papa when he died. I had his old Yamaha yeah. uh, classic guitar. And then for Christmas, everybody chipped in and bought me a Gibson. Yeah. And that was my first guitar. And so my son's name is Gibson. My daughter's name is not Taylor. They're twins, but I, <laughs> I didn't get Taylor. We thought about it. It, it came close, but we was like, nah. Could have been Martina. 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 Gibson I do Martina. want a Martin guitar. I, that's my goal, and I know it'll never happen because my wife would not allow it. Uh, I, want, I would love to have a guitar from, like, every maker, just kind of. Hanging yep. around the studio, oh, yeah. Martin Fender. I, I got Ibanez, and you see him. I kept my guitar behind you. Yeah. Uh, I love that guitar. My daughter's already claimed it. I got a Taylor guitar, uh, but I would love to have like just a st- from every every every. Build. I've got. I love oh, guitars. Gosh. If we start talking about guitars, we'll be here all day. <sighs> yeah, I gotta <laughs> but, work. Uh, I gotta work tomorrow, Kel. We can't be here. No. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Martin, the guitar I got with me today is a D35. It's a 2019. Mm-hmm. Ended up buying it at a Atlanta Discount Music. So when I bought it, I was looking for a Hummingbird because I was like, oh man, like Hummingbird is kind of flashy. It's kind of it's got a great sound to it. And then like we were doing the privateer stuff, and it's like we're doing more bluegrass stuff. And I played a couple of Hummingbirds, and I'm like, this ain't it. Yeah. I'm like, this is really good. And I played a Dove with the maple back and sides. I was like, this is a little closer, but it just wasn't like that right so we went down to uh Atlanta discount music in brookhaven and uh I, they had this one on consignment the dude that uh was selling it he put it up for sale so he could buy a vintage gibson and so it still had all the case candy in it original case like his original receipt from when he bought it really? like hardly ever played it and so i sat down and just strummed it original strings too on it like everything this guy didn't touch it and uh, they had it at a great deal. I looked at my parents, and I'm like, I'm going home with this one. <laughs> and so that's like, that's what I call my number one. Um, but the number two guitar, and I do play it a good bit too, is a Epiphone Frontier. It's one of the reissues. Mm-hmm. The uh, Gibson did a, like a $4,000 American-made one, and then like an $800 Indonesian one. <laughs> I found this one used. It's still maple back and sides, still like, it's still made just like the American ones. It's just right. made in China. And so that's like my other go-to. It's kind of flashy. It's got the big, like, roping cactus pick guard. And so it's like, it's definitely the flashier one. But I do have a Buck Owens, too. It's a recording king. I got a good deal in it. I feel like you should do on the, like, a sound bite that's like the... And then the 37th guitar that I like to play the most would be... <laughs> I'm always, I'm always hunt, on the hunt for a new guitar. I'm looking for something, like, oh, weird and rare. I now. want a baritone. I've been looking at baritone guitars. That's my next my next purchase is a baritone. The other day, I was on Marketplace, which is dangerous. Sweetwater's I'm, my favorite place. <laughs> I'm always looking on Marketplace for hot rods and guitars. 
That's and, your song right there. Yeah, pretty much. Guitars and Cadillacs, he'll be the music. That is uh, that is my life. I love that. Um, but there, someone had posted a uh, like an Everly Brothers Epiphone. I was like, oh, man, that's sweet. He wanted a little bit too much for it. And I was yeah. like, yeah. You've been needing one of those. There's, that, there's that one spot in your room that doesn't have any guitars. I know. <laughs> and uh, I was like, dang. I was like, if it's still there. And I saw Garrett Wheeler posted a thing. He's like, look what this new, this new guitar is bought. And this is like that guitar. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? That suits him. I think it'll be okay. It's in good hands. Yep. It's on yep. the back of his motorcycle riding around. Oh, yeah. yeah he came up to the uh, gazebo. We were talking. And said, oh, yeah, you ride. I was like, yeah, I used to ride. I used to have a, a 2009 um, Harley. It was a um, street bop. Okay. And then my twins were born, and eventually I got rid of it. Uh but I was like, I would never ride a motor with a guitar. I, I, I love the idea and the vision of it, but I would never ride my guitar with my my uh, the easy rider. You right, know. I would never ride my motorcycle with a guitar on my back just because it's like uh, somebody bumps me or if I slide, I've screwed up two things. <laughs> I'll be so oh, upset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, it's like playing the banjo by the campfire. I want to. I need like a forty dollar banjo to play by yeah. the camp because I'm not bring. I don't want to bring my nice no. stuff out. No. I'm on the other side. I have less. I don't want many things. I have <laughs> I want more. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've got, I've got five thousand dollars worth of banjos and fifty dollars worth of guitars. <laughs> All my guitars are like, I mean, I have two, two of each, but they're just, I'm not a guitar guy. I have, I have nice banjos. So you do like, have nice banjos. That's all I need. That's, this is an old Gibson. It's a 70-something Gibson RB250. Sounds really, really good. Well, thank you very much. And I've done everything I could possibly do to make it sound like crap. Because I, <laughs> I, I have stuffed it full of stuff. Because I want, I want this one. Because I have a, a Rich and Taylor at home that's my, my bluegrass banjo. Right. And it, it's, a, it's pretty, pretty good. But I want this one to be as damped, quietened, you know, as much as I can so it can go through the pedals. So it's like I try to just make something, make it, make it be where it can go through the pedals and get some kind of effect out of a, a pedal. Because if, if I put it through like a um, overdrive pedal, nothing happens. Nothing. It just goes straight through. That doesn't even doesn't yeah. even change it. So like, but the I, wah pedal is cool. <clears throat> yeah, the wah pedal is a new one. It's been about the last month I've been playing with the wah pedal on here. And it's, I said, did y'all bring the pedal to hook it up? Uh, no, I didn't bring my board. I didn't know what would be. I kind of figured I would just play through the microphones today. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I could set it up any way you wanted uh, to. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I'm, the the wah pedal is so new. So you, what I usually use, I have um, what do you call it? A preamp. You got a, He's got an LR Bags preamp. Yeah. So um, he's the gearhead. He knows all the yeah, stuff. Hall of Fame reverb. Yeah, uh, reverb in the chorus are the things I use the most. Yeah, and then I have uh, then I put the wall pedal on it, and it gives a funky. We played uh, watch what's the Watchtower song? All along the Watchtower, and it sounded like Hendrix the other night. It just turned into a really cool vibe, but I can't play this like Hendrix, but you know it just had a had a different different sound to it. So right. I'm trying my best to get it as quiet as possible in real life, so I can plug it in and I can get more out of it that way, but. I don't know if it's been very successful. I don't really know. It's been pretty successful. It's a language that nobody speaks. Nobody speaks electric banjo. Like there's not like a lot of people that really care about that. Right. That see, and I didn't. That's why I asked. I had a plug. I was surprised I had a a pickup in it that you could actually plug it in and I could adjust the sound. Right. That's not normal. It's like the the Gibson guitar I had didn't have a pickup. Mm -hmm. I bought a nylon string Ibanez, and the reason I bought it was because it had a pickup. I want to be able to plug it in and play without having to adjust the guitar or get it mod. Um, I watched a video of this guy and I almost, oh my God, I was like, what are you doing? He took his guitar and drilled holes all through his guitar oh, to get a better mm-hmm. sound. I'm like, you have too much money. That's too I, why, much money. Why yes. would you drill that? Why are you? It sounded really good though, but I'm not doing that. I'm not, no. I'm not drilling. I got an old ovation that would be the only one I would even think about touching, but I'm like, no, I wouldn't do that. See, well, like for this one, 
this one has a K and K in it, so it's like a non-invasive. It's just like right under the right under the bridge there, and so it's pretty much just a glorified microphone. Yeah. And so I can run it through a preamp or whatever. But for his, we had to do a lot of research to figure out like well what it would because I, it, it's just a it's a Fishman rare earth pickup. So it like it's a I guess it's the nicest banjo one, which doesn't say much at all. But like it's it's supposed to be the the one that gives the most natural banjo sound. Okay. So when I plug it up, it just sounds like this, but louder instead yeah. of like a weird electric yeah. version of it you yeah. know but then i start trashing it up with pedals and stupid things like that but <laughs> i just had um josh hollifield over at uh donnelly's music threw it in there for me you know begrudgingly he's not a he did not want to put it <laughs> but he did it <laughs> but he did and it we thank me. him for it yeah he did yeah it's, it worked out because i knew that i couldn't rely on having a microphone like a track like well, i don't want to take our piece set and have a microphone to speak in and to play in mm-hmm. with a banjo because you can't control it as much and it's just so hard so once we plugged in, it's been a game changer for me. I really, I really enjoy the, the playing with with the, with the pickup in it, and especially with the drums too. And adding like a bass and like other instruments. If he was running through a microphone, our drummer, he like, he beats it pretty hard. He like, <laughs> yeah, he like, down. it's loud. And so if we had a microphone, there'd be no way we could hear him. Yeah. yeah. So with the the pickup was absolutely necessary. Yeah, just more control. I just need the control yeah. so that way I can, because if I start playing so hard, it doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. It just sounds worse, you know. So I got to be have a little more control so I can play what I want to play. Yeah. Hopefully, or what's in my head? I'm not sure what's in my head. Always comes out of the banjo, but as close. close as I can. Close yeah. enough. Everybody get excited. You'll play. Oh, that, yeah. What was it? Uh, Mick Jagger said, "There's there's studio speed and then there's live speed, mm-hmm. and live is always going to be faster because you're oh getting into gosh. the crowd and you're just you're into it. <laughs> that's faster. A, that's a real thing, yeah. right? I was like, oh my god. Well, let's hear another one of your guest songs. Which one do you do next? All right. So this next one. Um, so I had the idea for the melody before I ever had the words. So I had the chord progression and this kind of like, a, and you'll see it in the song, it's a weird kind of, almost like an alt-rock kind of vibe to it, I guess. Yeah. And uh, for sure. And so I was, th- I was just sitting in my room one day and I was fiddling with that and I was kind of mad at the world and I was like, you know what? I was like, don't send me on a guilt trip. This ain't, this ain't worth the price of gas, son. And so I was like, oh, man, that's a good hook. And so then I was like, okay, like what would, a, what would constitute like the guilt trip kind of thing? So I kind of came up with a story of two people who are like, who've like cheated on each other. And they're like, you did the same thing I did. So like don't send me on a guilt trip. So it's kind of a darker song, but uh, I thought it turned out pretty good. So this one's called Guilt Trip. I almost did it for the, uh, the songwriter's night, but I got a little chicken. It wasn't ready, so we didn't do it. <laughs> All right. I don't need no car I don't have to pack We ain't going far Maybe we should hit the brake Baby, please slow down There's room for the two of us In this little two-bit town You don't have to say Oh, I told you so, save your breath, because I already know we're both in the wrong, and two wrongs don't make it right if we part right now, 
we could leave this fight So don't send me on a guilt trip It ain't worth the price of gas But now that it's over Let's just put it all in the past I can't forgive you And you won't forgive me We've both retreated to our sides And there's no in between We both knew at some point We would slip So don't send me on a guilt trip her eyes you couldn't resist his charm you grew tired of me so I fell into her arms there's no saving us you can't put words back in my mouth I know you're mad at me we both know this has gone south so don't send me on a guilt trip it ain't worth the price of gas, but now that it's over, let's just put it all in the past. I can't forgive you, you won't forgive me, we both retreated to our sides, and there's no in between. We both knew at some point we would slip, so don't send me on a guilt trip, no, no, no. Gas, but now that it's over, let's just put it all in the past. I can't forgive you, and you won't forgive me. We both retreated to our sides, and there's no in between. We both knew at some point we would slip. So don't send me on a guilt trip. All right, damn. That's a great ass song. That that is that is a kick ass song that if I ever heard one in my life. <coughs> thank right. you, thank you, Jesse. That's thank you. That is You got a you got a very country sound of our voice already. Like Keith yeah. I keep thinking Keith Urban sound. Uh that's, I guess maybe with the banjo it's making me think more of Keith Urban yeah. coming into it. We've heard Eric Church a good bit. Yeah, I, I Corey think, Smith. I think Eric Church and Corey Smith, that's the two that come come to mind for me. Yeah, that that one that is a song, man. I I think if you keep plugging along like that, it's just you can't get heard, man. I thank I'll, you. I'll share it everybody in damn where I can think of. Well, and, and that's honestly what I he'll bring these songs to us, and he'll um, <laughs> and I'll and they always make fun of me for saying this. I'm like, that sounds like a real song. Like that, <laughs> that sounds like something, you know. Because sometimes you'll be like, you know, you hear somebody write a song, and it's like, oh well, you know, and little little little. It's like, okay, that's that sounds like something you wrote. But then yeah. you would play one of these, and we play so much weird stuff. I never know. He could honestly sprinkle in originals for me, and I would be like, oh cool, who did that? He'd be like, oh you know, CCR did that back in '74. I'd be like, oh that's a good song. And if he wrote it, I wouldn't know the difference. But like that's one for sure. That's like, 
That's a real song to, yeah. to me. That's a real song. Yeah. What what chord are you hitting way down on the neck? What is that? It's an E minor. It's okay. like an E minor seven. You're just doing it way farther down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like when we're playing gigs and stuff, I'll do different inversions of chords, so that way my hands, especially as fast as playing is harder playing. Like I'll do like bar chords. I'll mix in those, or I'll do cowboy chords, so that way my hand doesn't stay the same for three hours. He likes to confuse me best he can. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> he that's my to, goal. Kyle. He likes to make sure I don't quite know what what it's going to be. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. Did, I don't oh. know what I'm doing either. <laughs> my bad is so bad. When I, did I got. I wrote a song that I dropped deep both the E strings, mm. and, I, and I don't know music theory, so I was like, okay, guys, what are you playing? Well, I'm playing this, but these strings are drop deep. Yeah. Uh, well, hang on. Now we got to figure out what you play. What does that mean? Yeah, I know. Somebody's <laughs> got to do the math. It's like we're figuring out keys and band practice. So it's like, okay, I'm on capo two. You're on capo four. He's uh, on capo like eight yeah. over here. We're all trying to figure out like what's going on. But I, uh, except I do it to mess with them. I, I'm, I'm capoed on a fifth fret, guys. What are we doing? And then they got transposed. But get, but Jordan, like I said, my bassist when we play, he gets me every time. I tell you about the we do doves cry. He'll caca in the middle of the song. So I was like when, and I was like when doves cry, he'll go caca. And he'll and he'll and if I'm not ready for it, it'll mess me up almost every time. But I got to keep playing so that I Dope. don't. But he, but he loves to he loves to just screw with us and like let's see what we can do. Well, what happens? Do it. What happens with us is he writes a song or we play a song, and my I'm I'm really limited in my knowledge of music. It's it's really it's really bluegrass. Like I understand music theory just from like a mathematical sense. Like I get what it's supposed to be, but as a a practical banjo player, I'm a bluegrass player. So next thing you know, it turns into, like you said, if we're playing in like a D or an E or anything like, I'm going to play a D position. So if he's playing an E, I'm going to go capo two and play a D. Mm-hmm. Then maybe he's in an E capo, capo two, two. So he's playing in, and it's just like, Oh gosh. And we'll be standing up there and I'll be like, all right now. Okay. But the th- an A minor plus two is what we got. We're dropped. And it's <laughs> like, Oh gosh. Yeah. But the thing is, as much as we've played, like my music theory knowledge is like, through the roof is where it was because it's like yeah, okay mine too because we've actually had to apply it because mm-hmm. you know when you're taking guitar lessons or you're taking piano lessons or anything like that you're like huh where am I going to use this and then now it's like we're playing in a band it's like oh crap it's like what do I got to do <laughs> you, have to, you have to be able to, com- to communicate because yeah. if you're not if you're playing with somebody that doesn't know that especially the singer songwriter people some of those guys I've played with they'll be like oh you know it just it just it's just this the, you know diddly, diddly, that would be me. And, and it's yeah. like I, okay, I don't know what this is. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like a C-ish kind of, maybe an F, and it's like, okay, we need to know. As a, anyway, it's like an instrumentalist. I need yeah. to know what's going on. And I can't tell you how many times we'll be playing some, especially like a request. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he'll be like, okay, what's well, in this? It's, it's, in, it's in this key. So we'll start playing, and then he'll do some chord, and he's not he's open, and I'm on capo two or four or something. Uh. <laughs> and it'll be like the last chorus. I'll be like, oh, that's an A minor. Oh, okay, I got it. I've just been kind of like not playing when that came up, you know, so it's... Well, and that helps us communicate, too. It's like, with a, with the three-piece, it's a whole lot easier to communicate. And Wes brought this up the other, night, the other night. He's like, yeah. He's like, with the duo, y'all two can stare at each other and go, mm-hmm, let's go this way. Right. With three-piece, we can stare at each other and go, mm-hmm, let's do this. With a four-piece, it's like, okay. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to do this, and we'll we'll hit it with a five piece. That's a whole different ball game. Well, you, get, uh-huh. you get too many voices speaking. Yeah. You get too many musical voices, and it doesn't. Yeah. 
things don't add up the right way. Because you, yeah. like, with we'll us. You get a toes in the water. Because <laughs> nah, Wes, our drummer, and we can't speak it highly enough of Wes Queen. He's, oh, he's he, the best. He is an awesome drum, drummer. But he does so much of, he makes just so much racket back there with those drums, he covers us up. So yeah. we can, oh, you know, yeah. we can do what we need to do. But when you throw the bass player in there, even though when we have a couple of guys that play bass with us, they are legit experts, musical experts. Mm-hmm. But if they don't know what we're thinking, it still doesn't matter how much it they know because right. they don't know what we're talking about, you know. And and it's just you have to communicate so much better with more people, and it becomes more difficult with figuring those out because we can look at each other, but if there's another person on the other side, yeah. Caleb can't look at both of us, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And next thing you know, we're like, uh oh, I don't know what's happening here. Because uh, one of the guys we have playing bass and lead guitar and steel guitar is Luke Anders. He plays with uh, another band around here. What's the what's the is band? it uh. Oh, uh, whiskey holler whiskey holler there you go those guys and uh, oh my he's such a great musician in person too oh my gosh and uh but he's such a good musician and it's hard finding guys that will jam as well as these guys do yeah. because when we're taking requests it's not like oh yeah we practiced this song like 15 times it's like we've done this no times yeah let's see if i can remember the melody and make it as simple as i can for those three guys because up there on stage, people hand you five bucks and say, have fun. They don't say, here's how it goes. They say, have fun. Yeah. And so having people that will jam and we'll be like, okay, we messed up. We messed up pretty bad. Laugh about it and go on. Because as a musician, I know when I mess up, it's like, oh my gosh. It's like, I messed up that chorus. Or I messed up those words. I mess up words every show. <laughs> every show. And and if the, if the people listening to this are singer-songwriters, like... I don't know if I have a voice to give advice. Go find people and make music with other people. Yes. Because so many singer-songwriters that I get around, because being a teacher, like I said, I'm a teacher at Cherokee High School, and kids will be like... Are you really? I really am. Yeah, My I, kids are starting Cherokee High School. So I heard you say that, yeah. And they're yeah, twins. They're so, twins, yep. Ninth okay. grade, they'll be there. Well, uh, <laughs> but you probably know uh, Benjamin Luke, too, then. I do know Ben Luke. His yeah. son plays drums with us. Uh, occasionally really yes i didn't know his son uh, played drums that's cool yeah, his son is like uh, one of those guys that just he says he's like the perfect pitch he listens to oh, song and he, and he picks it up like i like i said dean i'll let you guys hear some more stuff okay uh the, we did it mad life the live we brought him on our drums because he's an amazing drummer and we put our drummer on at the home so he could just make some bass noise <laughs> right ben luke's a cool guy i didn't know his kid but he had a kid that played music he's got twins too does he really yep how do I not know that? I knew he had kids. I didn't know that he had twins. They're starting high school he, this year. He's over on the, uh, he's on the north campus, mm-hmm. and I'm on the main campus, so there's like, it's hard to, he, he works, my wife's also a teacher, and they work close together. He's a, uh, she's a math teacher too. Okay. So, yeah, that's I'm cool, not a but, teacher. <laughs> but I, I have so many kids that will come in and like, and I'll bring my banjo sometimes, and I'll, you know, play or just whatever, and if a kid has a guitar, I'll be like, all right, let me see it. You know, and like, I'll be up there, I'll be playing the guitar for him, and I'll be like, hey, let's play a song. And so many kids can play songs, but not can't play with, e- with anybody else because yeah. they just play in their bedroom by themselves. And it's like that you did a great job, but now you have to play with other people because it gets so weird so quick. Oh yeah, when you get more people involved, even as people, me and Caleb are fairly fairly proficient. I think I'm probably more. I've had more time with a band than you have. Yeah. So like I had to learn the band thing a while back, but like kids need to get out or adults if you're. 52 and just learn the guitar mm-hmm. you need to get out of your basement go and, play with people and figure out somewhere to yeah. like because people will tell you like bro that's not what it's supposed to sound like you know and, and that's how you learn so oh yeah and just like when i was in college my roommate he's a trying to make it as a songwriter in nashville it's like we play a lot together and so it's like learning from him 
and then learning from Kyle and I have other friends that are musicians and it's just like getting together and jamming. Yeah. You can be, you can make as much racket in your basement as you want to, but you're learning. Mm-hmm. It's all part of the experience because music, it connects you with a community. Yeah. Because oh, like yeah. even us being in the Woodstock scene, it's like, oh man, you guys are the privateers. You guys are good, but we're only good because we play together. Like, and we've learned how to communicate with each other. We've right. learned all the basics. Yeah, I can play G, C, and D, but it doesn't matter if you can't play G, C, and D on rhythm with another guy. Yeah. And T- timing and is the timing. thing that gets lost the most. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, and everybody that's, that's listening to podcasts know I'm horrible with time because I, when I learned to write, I'm just playing myself, right? So I'm, yeah. I didn't have nobody to keep up. Like you said, you got to play with somebody. Yeah. Put me with a band, a, a drummer, I'm fine. I get it out. I mesh it out. Now, they may get off time and mess me up, but other than that, I'll figure it out. It happens. Yeah. You know, like you said, you, it's great advice is to play with other people, and I, I think a lot of them just get nervous. You know, they're young or maybe you're starting mm-hmm. out and they still get nervous. Uh, but that's that is a, is a really safe advice. People listen to it because playing one, playing with a band is so much fun. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. E- even if the other people are bad, too. Right. Oh, like yeah. if you kind of suck at whatever you're doing and you're just learning, and but you can all suck together. You That's can all right. suck together. <laughs> but, 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 but you'll together. but you'll hear that you suck and yes. you get better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's not it's not easy to become a good musician, but it's easy to try. It's easy yeah. to have a good time and just play what makes you feel good. Yeah. That's half the reason I do this now because music is such a it's such a disconnect from my from being a teacher. Like it's such a disconnect that allows me to express myself and be, you know, maybe what's in my brain can actually come out, you know, somewhere. And like it's just just play music. It's it's so much fun. Then you find people that are good to play with, and it makes it so much oh, yeah. more fun. Yeah, like I said, you guys just that that song. I really dig that song. Do you got music out anywhere? Do you guys got on any platforms or anything well, like that? Well, oh, we're trying. We just, so we just talked about it for like thirty minutes before we got yeah. here. <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's like I want to make sure because I'm with BMI, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure like we get our music in as many places as possible. So like for sync licensing for like on TikTok, on YouTube, there's so many outlets these days, so many. And so we're just trying to figure out which ones would be best for us and how to best market our music. We're also trying to find our sound because we don't really know what we sound like. Are we an alt rock band? Are we a country band? Yeah. Are we a reggae band? I don't know. Well, people, we just kind of make music and hope for the best. Like I said, mutt music. That's what I, that's what I called it. It's just whatever it is. Because you put a genre on it, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you put a, you got, you said earlier, you got a banjo, automatically it goes to dark, foreboding, bluegrass kind of music. That other song, it, it was dark. I mm-hmm. yeah. I heard electric guitar solos in there all day just because of my rock side. Oh, yeah, yeah for out. sure. It was just like, oh, ooh, I wish Mike was here. Where's Mike, my lead guitar? Yeah. He needs to be putting some stuff to that. Heavy, heavy drums. Uh, hard guitar oh yeah and when a bunch of us get together that's what happens we crunch it up real good yeah and i just become a role in the background that kind of gives it a little mood you know more so and then in the leads the the solos take a little bit of a heavier heavier stance because our west can west thickens it up with that heavy kind of rocky sound you know and it just turns into whatever it is so that's what we're trying to figure out what our sound is like what music do we want to put out because we have caleb's got a hundred thousand songs he's written that we can (laughs) do that many (laughs) and and we can we can make it happen it's just kind of a what do we want what do we want to put out there like what what is our voice what voice do we want people to hear because it's getting to the point now where people ask us every show hey where are you at on spotify like can we can we download you on spotify uh, not not yet. Not We're kind of working on it, but that's that's kind of a goal to at least get one by the end of the year. Well, um, if you guys are interested, I'm doing a project for locals around here. It's a collaboration album. It's songs that I write or co-write and let other people sing them. That's cool because that's one of the things that I, when I did it, I, I, I like teach people songwriting stuff. It's like all right, you bring in a song, but you need to give it to them, and let them play it. 
yeah. you hear it completely different mm-hmm. when somebody else is doing it. Oh, yeah. So if you guys are interested, I've got songs where we can write, and uh, I'll release it for you on Spotify. You guys, be your songwriter stuff be on there. We'll do it like however you need to. We release it on mine, yours. I don't care however you want to do it. That's cool. So, and we'd be into covering some of your songs, too, just with our shows and stuff, oh, yeah. too. Sure. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And we just, we honestly, uh, we both are very blessed to have good jobs. Oh, yeah. And we just don't need to make a bunch of money playing music really and truly. So it gives us the freedom to choose and do what we want to do, yeah. which is a pompous thing, I'm sure to say. But, it's, you know, like, <laughs> but, we're, but we're so lucky that we, it's not like if we don't have a gig this weekend, we can't pay the rent. So we yeah. can play whatever we want to play. Well, we can, you're not chasing, you're enjoying. We're enjoying. Yeah. yeah, we really are. Like, when I got out of college, <laughs> so one of my favorite shows is Parks and Rec. I love Parks and Rec. <laughs> I was living the Andy Dwyer life. Mm-hmm. So, like, for about... <sighs> six months i guess i graduated in may took the summer off and like living at home because the housing market is insane right now um but i was living at home and so i was playing like mad life and locos i can't say any more about those people because they have took care of me yeah played so many gigs at those places and uh but i was living the andy dwyer life like i would play music on weekends like hang out at home mom's like when are you getting a job i was like <laughs> so i took a I took a gig at a guitar store and as much as i love guitars being around them all day i can't sell them like i'm not like pushy like right. i can't sell you on things but like i'm more of the guys like laid back hey you want it no cool all right have have a good day so <laughs> you probably need it anyway you're yeah. right save your money for something you yeah. can use it for yeah that's pretty, okay yeah <laughs> so like have you, I, have you heard of roth iras there <laughs> yeah so like i i absolutely suck Let me at talk about your portfolio <laughs> yeah for real. yeah and so it just didn't it didn't work out i thought like oh man that'd be a good way to get in with the music scene there and i was like it didn't it didn't help at all mm-hmm. and so um the one thing it did get us was luke um but that's, that's true. Later on down the road, the uh, but then it ended up. It was February and of 2020, so I got laid off, and like the world hadn't shut down yet. And so I visited my buddy in Nashville, and they called me. And they're like, "Yeah, man, well, we don't need you on Monday." It's like, "Okay." They're like, "Yeah, we don't need you at all." It's like, "Okay, that's fine." <laughs> so I hung out in Nashville till I ran out of clothes, and uh, came back home. <laughs> and then that like, sounds like a song too. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, it is. The Nashville trip was a. Uh, yeah, it was a good trip. But uh, so then came home and took a job with uh, Billy Howe Ford and was a parts driver for them. And so I drove all over the place. Like I, one day I went from Cleveland to Buckhead in one day, just one one swoop. I was all over the place meeting people. And it was one of those jobs where I learned how to deal with people because it being in our shoes or any job, you got to learn how to deal with people. You got to learn how to be like friendly and cordial to even the most like mean people. Cause there were some, I got cussed out a time or two for nothing, nothing. And, but you, you don't even know, bro. Like <laughs> you don't even know. Like I learned, Oh yeah. Dude, teacher. Yeah. I couldn't do that. I have no, I have no desire to yeah. be a teacher, but it was nice to learn how to deal with people of all, all races, all religions. Cause I was in, like some people were Russians. There was like hardcore mountain people in Cleveland, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I did that for, I don't know, about nine months. And then I got on at Automation Direct and I've been there ever since. So I'm in their marketing department now and I make all sorts of cool videos and that kind of stuff. So it's definitely different than what I've been doing, but it's fun. And so now it gives me the freedom 
they're they're like, oh, when, where's your band playing? Like, post your post your stuff up. And so it's like people know I play music, and so I try to schedule my days so that way Fridays I can get off early. And if we've got a gig somewhere, we can go play music. Right. And so I don't have to worry about paying. Like, eh, do I have a gig this month? Do I have to go play that cover gig where I don't want to? No, I don't have to. And so that gives me a chance to enjoy it and kind of chase the dream to an extent. It's a beautiful. I don't know. Beautiful existence. Well, you're just, I'm, I'm honestly waiting for somebody to call and offer him something that's really good. Yeah. Like, I don't, it doesn't bother me one bit to just play on the porch the rest of my life with a banjo. Cause I, that's honestly, that's, that's the best music to me is just playing with your friends and having a good time. But like, I really do believe he'll, he'll make it somehow. Like, there'll be an opportunity for him at some, some point. Thank you. And uh, I mean, and, and bands have already called, you know, to ask and get things going. So like, I, I really do think that Caleb will be, uh, he'll be something someday, whatever that is. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it, it's, it's, we're lucky we don't have to rely on that. We're not sitting yeah. around waiting for that phone call from Nashville to offer us a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville's a whole other town. You, you've got the, the sound, like there's a buddy of mine. He, uh, his name is Keith Burns. He did um, Trick Pony. He was a, he yeah. started the band Trick Pony, and we were talking about like we wrote a song together and demo stuff. And like I said, my voice is kind of growlish, unique. It's not. It doesn't. It's different, right? You got one of those voices that are. It's not. It's, it's similar to a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it's it's radio friendly. Yeah. Right, and that's kind of that's a good thing. So you can play. You could probably make a living too as a demo singer for other, yeah. for other bands, and it's play it because it's one of those voices that it's not it's great tone but it's not like whitney houston unique or you know chris stapleton nobody is that's like the greatest unique but you can make a lot doing what you do oh yeah and still even your stuff because every what i've heard so far and even at the i heard you at mad life that's where i met you uh we were uh, you had the thing with jana and uh and kurt Kurt mitchell mitchell uh which my wife said mitchell was used to work with her at kroger so that's how she knows him. And uh, out of everybody, my you're my favorite of my daughters. She loves you the most. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Like, in in our music scene, there's a lot of people that do sad songs. I like a sad song. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good songwriting and sad songs. But when we started The Privateers, I told Kyle, I was like, that's not us. Yeah. Because we're not, like, we're serious people, but we're not serious people all the time. No. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have the energy for that after work all day. No. <laughs> like, I don't want to be in the headspace where it's like, my dog just died every day. Like, I don't want to be in that headspace. Right. I, I can't do it. Like, I can write the dark songs. I can write sad songs. I've written some sad songs. But I don't want to be in that headspace all the time. It's not good for my mental health. It's not good for the music. It would be, if we were up there playing sad songs, it would be G, C, and D, so slow, my drummer would quit. yeah for real it wouldn't be no magic picking either buddy no so it's like i told kyle i was like we need to be the upbeat the friendly the fun guys right like because that's that's your sound yeah you're looking for your sound you're describing it we're we're trying to be a party band like we we, our, our best gigs are when people get a few drinks in them and start jumping around and having a good time and requesting stupid stuff and mm-hmm. like yelling out obscenities at us and just being like wanting to be a part of the gig. Cause what happens is, is you, <clears throat> a good gig gets people engaged yes. and I, and I'm, I'm the, I'm the talker. He, he's the singer. I do all the talking and I'll just start picking no. <laughs> yeah, and I'll start picking and I'll start making comments and getting people drawn in. And next thing you know, there's like a banter back and forth right. and people get, they get up there. Next thing you know, there's people like, 
up there wanting to sing songs. Like, you know, like you just get people so drawn in. And those are the best gigs for us. Like oh, it's, yeah. Everybody's having a good time. It's a fun time. See, now I've heard, and this is, and I, I agree with, I heard there's certain artists, I've, they've said this, like, well, they won't let somebody come up and sing. Why? No. If you're, if you're playing <laughs> a gig and you're jamming, everybody's having a good time, it's toward the end, right? Mm-hmm. And they're drunk and they want to play. All right. Come on up and I'll let you do uh, Wagon Wheel because I ain't singing Wagon Wheel. You got to tip me, I'll let you sing. <laughs> if we don't have a choice. If you, if, you suck, if you suck, then that's on you. We'll do the best we can. And, it, and it's kind of hit or miss, right? You know, it's people know. that can't sing. You, usually, now, there have been gigs where I've let people come up and sing and play guitar and it's never worked out. Well, I don't let them touch the guitar. So, like, it's no, no, never no. worked out. Yeah, so you're I'm not like, touching my banjo. You can. I'll no. turn the microphone to you. You're not touching anything. No. So we don't usually let people come on stage with us unless we know like either A, they're an artist around the area mm-hmm. and we're friends with them, or B, they're like, we know they can at least hit a note. Because yeah. at the end of the night, people are like, oh man, the privateers know this people? Like, this, is, this, this person can sing too. They must be really good. Like, so that way it keeps well, the show good. I guess you could say. I literally almost got in a fight at a bar because a guy wanted to play my guitar. No. And I'm like, no. And he started cussing me out. And, and unlike you, my I, I have a redneck tendency that will come out. <laughs> I got Kyle for that. <laughs> and I'm like, I wouldn't let my dead mother touch my guitar. I'm not going to let you, you drunk ass, get the hell off the stage. 100%. Well, I really do believe that the rising tide raises all ships. Oh, yeah. So if there's someone around that is playing music that wants to play, like if you, like if you came to a show and was like, hey, can I sing a song? Or if you came, I'd be like, hey, bro, come sing a song. Like yeah. That's what I would, I would want to do, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Because you're, we're not here just to promote us. We're here to promote local artists, to promote music, to, Thank pr- you. to promote a good time. So like if you have, if you've, if you have crafted a skill and you've honed your, what it, what you, whatever it is you do, it doesn't have to be what we do. Yeah. But if you do that, Come up here and do it. It don't bother me a bit. Because what are you going to do? Come up, you're going to be better than us? Fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah. that's great. I, there's no ego that makes me feel like, you know, I just, I don't want somebody to come up there and embarrass themselves to a point where it's like off-putting to the crowd. Right. You know, like that's not where you want to be. But if somebody comes up there, stumbles around, we, and I, I won't say any names, we had somebody that came up and I knew they were a good singer and said, hey, why don't you come up and sing a song with us? You sang a harmony part. And it did not work out. No, like it. <laughs> but but we did have we were playing Green Line one night and there was this uh, girl that came up. It might have been Julia. I can't think of her name either. Yeah, but I was thinking she of that was, situation too. She was like, uh, she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm starting to play music and this was it was first Friday. That's what it was yep. because she had come up and talked to us while we were getting set up and so we were just kind of chilling and she was like, yeah, I'm a musician. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So we got to, we got to talking and she's like, yeah, I'm about to about to move off and start. Uh, I think North Carolina or something for college. I can't remember. Yeah. And so she was like, yeah, she's like, I just started singing. And so she kind of sang something. I was like, oh, that's really good. And so uh, we took a break and we were like, hey, do you want to come sing one with us? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, what do you know? So we started going through and uh, I think it was Angel from Montgomery or something. And we had never played it before. She's like, do you guys know it? And I look at Kyle and I was like, we'll try it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And it turned out really cool because we knew it's like, and she was really good too, so that helped. <laughs> so it's like when we know or we think that's like, hey, I can actually do this. And she didn't come on like, hey, I'm a singer. Like I wanna, yeah. I wanna be with you guys. Yeah, hey, I'm really good. I'll, I'll, let me show you how to sing that song. Like, like she was, <laughs> she, she was very humble about it. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I'm a singer too. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And so she was very humble. And we're like, you know what? Let's give her a shot. And she was really good. Yeah. There's enough to go around. There's oh, enough yeah. gigs, enough money, okay. and enough people to go around. And like. 
we would we would like to promote all we can. Like, mm-hmm. So if you come to our show and you know us and we, and usually if we have a relationship, we're not just a random person, you know, but like just, just saying, because what do you, you're not gonna make more money than us or no. it, it doesn't matter. Like there's right. no, like, I hope you do. I hope you make a million dollars and say, yeah, I got my start playing with those guys at the bar. I don't even know what their names were. Who cares? Just mm-hmm. giving people an opportunity, especially <laughs> as a teacher. I love, cause that might be, Someone that may be their real opportunity, and they get up there and they sing their little song, and the crowd goes crazy, and then they think, that's "I can what do I this. Should, that's what I'm supposed to do." Yeah, could change the whole trajectory of their life just by having a microphone. When we do it every weekend, it's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal to us. It gives me you a know. break too, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's why I let them do it. Come yeah. on up, I can take a break from singing. I can because I like playing more, right? So I'll be yeah. playing the guitar and, and stringing and playing along. And there's there's so many talented people here, and I'm glad you guys have touched on this basic about helping people. Uh, when I started the podcast, that's what it was for. People in North Georgia was like, okay, maybe nobody wants to talk to me. We'll try it out and see. Right. Yeah. And then I started getting more people. And I started in 2019. Um, and then March 2019. So it was a year. And then COVID hit. And then mm, so I had a good old COVID. Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, people stopped coming. I get it. My mom was alive. She was sick. That was her house up there. So I, I got it. Stay away. That's, that's fine. I had no problem. So I started doing Zoom. And now I've got people reaching out from Australia, from Canada, Sweet. all That's over awesome. the world that I'm talking to. And it's the same thing as like, I'll, I'll help anybody, but you got to, there's a point to where you got to help yourself too. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. You know, and that's where the promotion and stuff comes in. But I never understood why people had a problem with helping out because like you said, there's, it's enough to go around. You yeah. guys got your music as bluegrass and style. Mine is more heathen music. I just say it. it's a heathenistic style. I grew up, my dad was a biker. I, that's my lifestyle that I know. I can sing about that stuff. I can right. write about that stuff. I can do other, other writing stuff too, but that's where co-writing comes into. But why would I, why would I not help somebody? Oh yeah. I, I never understood that. Well, you get this mentality. People think that there's that, that my success is dependent on someone else's lack of success. No. And that's yeah. not even close to what it is. That's, that's and, it. and it's like if we're, there's no, you can't play defense in this. No. Like if we could play defense and music and be like, okay, we're going to go, we're going to go to um, Greg Shaddix's show. We're going to really show him. No, no, no. Yeah. We're going to outdo, you know, like however, however you play defense and music <laughs> and be like, no, it's cool. We won. We get your fans. Appreciate you. See you never, you know, yeah. but you can't do that. So no. you just, you got to be, be open and you can't have an ego. There's no right. ego. Cause someone thinks you suck anywhere you are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, you're so, not wrong. You know, so you you can't. You just kind of just play. Just have a good time. And if it's if it's any more than that, it won't work out. No, it really won't. You you won't make it far anyway. I don't think. And playing with people and like in our music scene, it's very much a community. Yeah. Where it's like it's cool. It's like you see Cody somewhere. You go up and say, Hey, what's up, bud? What's up, bud? How are you? Yeah. And it's not like he's gonna be like, Yeah. Who are real. you? He'll be like, hey, man, it's good to see you. Yeah, he brought a pie. to. He, he actually brought me one of those big old pies from his restaurant. When he came up here on the show one time. Yeah. I was like, now, I didn't tell him I don't eat pecans. I don't like nuts, but mm. my kids loved it. They Thank you, Cody, That's for cool. listening. They ate every bit of it. Pie bar is absolutely delicious. Yes. Absolutely delicious. Yeah, but man. it's cool. Like And like even Greg. Greg does so much to promote this scene. And he's helped us out a lot. Yes, he has. So it's like we've seen people that help us. So if we have a chance to give back and help someone else. Right. Like that makes me feel pretty good, and that's that's what it's about. People is you're playing music. You're not. It's not rocket science. It's not the end of the world. It's it's something. If you're not having fun doing it, no. then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, and I told Kyle when we started this, I was like, as soon as it feels like work, we stop. Yeah, 
Like, because the music won't be good, we won't be into it, and, like, I would rather quit the band than lose this friendship. It's not worth it. Yeah. Like, because we're, we're all great friends. Yes. Like, we all, when we get done playing music, we still hang out. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really, it's really nice. So it's, yeah, I've got the the guys there. I got the the other bandmates right now. Are songwriting books. Like we have two new members in our band, Tom and Mike. Their father and son do uh, duo. Uh, they both write too, but my other guys never wrote before, right? So when I'm writing songs, we're playing. It happens every practice. After we're done, we start messing around and playing. We're just running through songs, yep. and we're writing new songs. And they got they got the bug for it. So now what we do after practice is with the Georgia Songbird, there's a Have You Heard series too. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you guys to come on sometime and do it. Of course. It's basically us hanging out, just shooting the shit, and playing music and seeing if the other person's ever heard of it before. Yeah, I'm so up for that. It's fun. Like we did, I think the last one, um, somebody <laughs> put Big Mama Thornton. They brought in Hound Dog. Uh, I brought in a, a band called uh, Gangsta Grass. Gangsta Grass. Have you heard of them? <laughs> I've heard of them. Yeah, they, I love their Nickel Don Blue song. Because I, I, I have a pest control company <laughs> that I do, and that's my that's my day job. So yeah. I'm sitting there, I, I'm listening to music all day long. I'm not listening to the radio station for the Georgia Songbird or whatever I have. I'm listening to other music to try to find new stuff. And they came on, I was like, oh, that's really unique and cool, and I like them. <laughs> yeah. But I, know, uh, I hate to change the subject. I know you mentioned Buddy Jewel. <laughs> yes, we talked about Buddy. Like I said, this this does go on for a while. I will get sidetracked. It's okay. It's okay. The uh, so the week we played Buddy Jewel, I had three shows. So I had the that, Songwriters Night. That was a week of the, of the Songwriters Night. Was, okay. the, so, so we had the Songwriters Night Wednesday night. Thursday night we had Buddy Jewel, and then Friday night I had a gig at a brewery and uh, coming. Okay. So. Like Monday, woke up, was fine. I was getting ready. It's like, okay, this is this is show week. Wednesday, I woke up and I did not feel good at all. Like I, I felt like crap. Tell you the truth. And so did the whole Mariah needs to sing tonight. So uh, good old Dayquil. <laughs> you are cough kind drops. of the, you are kind of the diva of the bunch. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm the diva yeah, of the you bunch. Have, you have the prettiest hair. The, for sure. the pretty hair, you know. I'm definitely the diva. But uh, so did the whole like. Cough drops, lots of water, day cool. So when I made it to the songwriter show, I was like, okay, I'm feeling good. Got felt good. Played the show. It's awesome. Turned out great. Had fun. Went home, and the next day I woke up. It felt worse. I was like, oh great. It's like of course the night we're opening for Buddy Jewel, mm-hmm. and so it had already been kind of a, a stressful month promoting that show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We it, it was hard to promote because. <clears throat> our fans listen to us for three hours for free anytime they want to. You yeah. know, like it wherever. They can come to the house and just be like, yeah, play it's zone. all our friends. Like the people that would buy tickets are friends and family. And like, you know, because anybody, even people that aren't friends and family become friends right. after a little bit because they come to a couple shows. Yeah. But now we're asking, can you pay $40 to come listen to us play for 20 minutes? <laughs> you know, and it was kind of a, kind of a tough sell for us. It was, it was definitely a little bit of a tough sell. And, but I mean, we had a lot of our friends come out and support and there was ended up a really good crowd for that night and we got some awesome video from mad life too which is on our youtube channel um which is cw privateers on youtube caleb wilkie and the privateers um but we got the video and everything played the show and i mean when we hit the final note uh greg and mason they were both like man that's how to do it because it was like 29 minutes right on the dot and we had 30 minutes and uh they're like, oh man, that was that was dope. So I was like, sweet. So played the show, went home, woke up the next day, and I had 
I took the day off because I was tired and just played two shows and was like working in between. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take some PTO. I've got it. So I took the day off and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get up and go golfing. That was my plan. I had a tea time at 10 a.m. the next morning. I'm going golfing for that show that night. I woke up. I felt awful. (laughs) I felt awful. I know it was stress because it was like we had three shows in a row. And And those two were pretty big. They were big shows. You know, like you know on big stage not just like on a patio somewhere yeah and and so by the time i got to the third gig like i had my voice it was it was okay like i wasn't hitting anything big nothing and like so i got warmed up and got kind of cocky as i do in gigs i was like oh i can hit the big stuff so i started hitting some of the big stuff and people requested a few things i didn't make nothing in tips that night and then by the end of it they were this guy come up he's like hey my girl wants to dance play wagon wheel i was like all right this is it. And so I had no voice and I was singing, Rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. And I was like, this is horrible. So I, like, I, told, the, I told the owner, I was like, hey man, I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I played three shows. I feel awful. And uh, he's like, oh, it's all good, man. They've had me back since, but That's good. It was a, that was the longest week. <laughs> <laughs> but Buddy Jewel was really nice. He's a nice dude. He was fantastic. Like he, we, we got to hang out with him a little bit beforehand. And his whole crew was really positive and really helpful because they're kind of retired, honestly. Yeah. Like, they don't play full-time. Yeah. And they were super-duper helpful to us and, and really, you know, we're so, we're so just open and honest and complimentary and, you know, requesting stuff. And it was, it was really cool. That's a cool experience. I, w- I would like to I – would, I would hope that more people in Nashville are like that than not and yeah. just open yeah. and fun. And, like, he was not upset because he walked up to him and, and um, he's like, I'm Buddy Jewel. I was like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, we saw him at the football <laughs> thing. And, um, Who? And, and he's like, yeah, how, you know, y'all playing for 30 minutes? I was like, yeah. We're, I said, we're only playing uh, Southern Comfort twice. Don't worry about it. Like his, his big song. <laughs> I said, we're going to open and close with it, so don't worry about it. And uh, But it was just really fun and a lot. And it was it was a really he cool, was great really dude, cool experience. And then we got finished and called Southern Comfort has a banjo in it. Yep. And I was like, I better be ready because he might ask me to. Because you know, banjo, people always want you to like, hey, come play this song, you know. Right. And we got done and he walked over to take it to the autograph table. And he was like, oh, shit. I want you to play that song with me. And I was like, ah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> so I was almost a star, Caleb. You were almost I a star. I almost went on the road just so then. Close. You were almost famous. <laughs> so close. <laughs> That's a song. Almost, almost they were almost yeah. famous. Almost famous songwriters. Well, I still we got one more. We got to do one more song. Okay. All right, uh, we'll do it live. You guys want to do it live? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's get your your sound first, and then I'll turn on the uh, Facebook Live, and we'll get you in. Sweet. What's that? What song are we gonna gonna do? Um. So we're gonna try one called Holy Water. So I'm a I'm a preacher's kid, and my dad lets me play bars on the weekends. Um. But no, they come to a bunch of shows. And, uh, but I grew up and so the first church my dad pastored was in Pickens County. And so like a little, little country church. And so every year after revival, the Sunday morning, like the Sunday morning service would start out and we'd meet at the, uh, the devil's elbow along the Etowah river. And so that's where they'd hold baptism. And so this song is about that because we get over there and sometimes like people would be camping there. Like there'd just be people like camping along the Etowah because it's summertime and so they'd just be watching. But it was always cool because, like, when Dad and them would, like, lead the people into the water, like, no one else would get in. It was like they, they kind of knew what was going on. And it was, it was a really cool experience as a kid. It's, like, one of those, like, vivid memories because, like, I remember walking back in the woods and, like, you know, my nice church clothes. And it's like, oh, this is baptizing. It was always cold. 
And, uh, but I do remember one time, <laughs> and my mom has told this story a couple of times. Um, there's this guy, he had gotten, he had gotten saved and he wanted to join the church and he, he was baptized and he was, he was a bigger feller. So, and dad, he's like five, nine, five, ten. He's about, he's about my height. He's a, he's a little thinner than I am. And so this guy, he was like six, two, six, three, maybe 300 pounds. Big dude, big dude. And so, I mean, he's, a, he was a really nice guy, but. Like one of the deacons would stand on top of the cliff and take pictures, so everybody have a baptizing picture. So when Dad dunked him under, instead of grabbing like his stomach and like getting him back, he took his shirt on accident because like they're in the middle of baptizing, he's trying to get everybody through. Took his shirt and went over his head, and so his only baptizing picture you can't see Dad at all. It's just this guy, this is his stomach and all and all of its glory, and. Uh, this song's called Holy Water. It's just about baptizing in the devil's elbow. <laughs> so we are Caleb Wilkie and the Privateers. We're a band based out of uh, Canton, Georgia. The Canton Woodstock, I guess. Canton Woodstock coming. The North Georgia area. Um, but if you want to follow us, check us out at, uh, at CW Privateers on Instagram and uh, CWPrivateers.com for all of our socials, all of our YouTube stuff, videos, where we're going to be, we've got uh, several shows coming up this August. We'll be at Choke Barbecue on the 19th. Um, we're playing The Mill on the 26th for a, uh, a charity. There'll be more informa uh, information about that uh, within the next few days. So be a watch out on all of our social platforms. So um, this song we're going to do is called Holy Water. I hope you enjoy it. The river is deep and the river is wide It's the only way to the other side The Jordan don't flow down through these hills What we got grand moonshine stills There's a bend in the river near the county line Where people go to leave it all behind Let the burden go on downstream When they come up, they're washed clean It's a place of sin on Friday night We're doing wrong, feel so right Named after the devil himself But it's cool and clear come Sunday morning For those that heed the warning Looking for a different kind of wealth Oh, if he could turn the water into wine What about this river? into holy water Now unbelievers washed from the shore but most were there to thank the Lord that no one dared to enter in except the brave who were born again It's a place of sin on Friday night We're doing wrong, feels so right Named after the devil himself But it's cool and clear come Sunday morning For those that heed the warning Looking for a different kind of wealth 
Oh, if he could turn the water into wine, what about this river into holy water? been many long years ago but the Lord has since blessed this soul a lowly sinner on the front row pew and now I stand the chosen few the river is deep and the river is wide it's the only way to the other side the Jordan don't flow down through these hills what we got ran moonshine stills. Thank you, thank you. We are Caleb Wilkie and the Privateers. Check us out on Instagram at CWPrivateers and CWPrivateers.com. Thanks, guys. All right. There we go. Good job. Thank you, thank, thank you, you very much. Yeah, I hear the Eric Church that time. Here there at church that time. A little bit. A little bit of that wine. I think you get that the most. Eric Church is the one you always get. Yeah. I have a good friend that um I host trivia on Tuesday nights up at Choke Barbecue in Ballgram. Okay. So if anybody wants to come play trivia, I'm the I'm He's the, the host. I'm the trivia guy, yeah. And uh I have a good friend up there, Bo, and he we, we played a show for them at the mill for his wife, Becky. And uh they had never really heard us play before before they booked us. They kind of some Instagram and stuff, and we got done. And Bo's like, "Bro, he's like, he's like Eric Church, but, but somehow better." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "I don't know about like, that." I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. So yeah, I get it's, Eric Church a lot. It's a stripped down version of it. A lot of times when when people listen to like the artists, they got the bands and the over. They got yeah. so much production with them. Oh yeah, right. So when you actually can strip down a song, just acoustic guitar, banjo, voice, uh, that's when you know it's good. Yeah, that's and and you guys are, are really really good, Caleb. Thank you, you thank too, you. Kyle. Thank that's, you very much. That's so good. If your your sound fits together, um, the banjo is is banjo sticks out no matter what you do. Like right. you said. Oh yeah, and your voice, like I said, it's 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 just it's there like already on the radio. It's radio friendly. Thank you, thank you. That's the best way to describe it. Thank you, thank you. So thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we're not quite done. <laughs> that was the music part of it. Okay. So. Uh, like I said, I'll play some stuff for you later. But okay. before we do that, I have what I always call the wheel of death. The wheel of death. Okay. So it's basically questions that aren't just really music related. It's different things. Okay. Okay. So uh, if you guys want to set your stuff down, you're Hit good. Yeah. All right. First question. <laughs> Beautiful. What's one secret you still keep from your parents? Oh, gosh. Hmm. Mom and dad, if they're listening. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> they thought they were just getting music questions today. That's a hard one. I've been pretty open with my parents, to be honest with you. Um. I, well, my parents, I tell you one of my parents was alive, and I, I've said this on another one, but I keep thinking of it, is uh, my mom, uh, she used to smoke, and I don't mean cigarettes, right? 
Uh, she had some Granny other had a garden? Yes. <laughs> well, I, for whatever reason, I, 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 it fell out of her. She had a cigarette thing. She did smoke cigarettes, too, but she it fell out of her cigarette, so the joint hit the floor, and I'm like, oh, I freaked out. I was like, I got, what am I supposed to do? So I grabbed it and flushed it. You know, instead of putting it back and sticking it back in a purse, which I don't remember why I was going through it, but <laughs> I remember flushing it, and then all of a sudden she's going through the house. And she's like, Jesse. I was like, what? Never mind. And she just, because she didn't want to tell me what she lost, but I knew what she lost. <laughs> she's running back and forth <laughs> looking for it. I, I got a pretty good one. So when I was in uh, as a senior in high school, and I, was, I wasn't a partier, so I played football at Morris Hill College, D2 school. I was always, I, want, I wanted to be a football player in college. So I didn't, I didn't drink or smoke weed or anything in high school or in college because once I got a scholarship, I was scared to lose it. So right. I, was, I was very straight-laced. I've since become less straight-laced, but it's okay. So I was a senior in high school. I went to a party, and um, my parents knew I didn't do anything bad. It wasn't like a secret. So I was supposed to be home, I think, at midnight. And it was like out in the middle of nowhere. I'm, I'm from LJ, so it was out in the middle of nowhere in LJ. And uh, we left that place at like, 12 12 30 and i was like oh god because i had to ride with a friend get back to my car get home <clears throat> so i got home at like 1 15 or so and i come rolling in and i was like i'm in trouble it's not a big deal i'm just going to come home so i came home kicked off my shoes laid on the couch and the light came on and my mom walked in there she's like what time did you get home i was like i like 11 30 she's like okay i'm <laughs> have i'm glad i hope you had a good time i was like i had a good time mom thank mm-hmm. you and I don't know that I've ever told her any different. <laughs> she wouldn't have been super mad because I mean it was you yeah. know, I wasn't like drunk or anything. But yeah. I don't have I don't have any terrible old stories like that. I wasn't I was a scared little kid. I didn't do much. See, I didn't do like being a preacher's kid. It's like you got to be straight laced. Uh, when I was in, I guess this was late high school. Um, a buddy of mine he liked to uh, drive cars pretty fast. So he had a S10, and uh, we were driving around one night, and we were I mean he was running there's no telling how fast these back roads like it tops out at 99 because in a s10 in any chevy truck it'll cut off at 99 mm-hmm. so he was running i don't know 80 around these curvy roads and we hit a curve i mean almost went over <laughs> it was so close we're like my buddy was in the back in the jump seat i was in the front and he was like oh oh crap man i gotta turn right now and i mean we hit the corner sideways <laughs> that was Oh man, those are the days. Those are the daredevil days. <laughs> yes, I many. Yeah. I had a little bit more stuff that I hid, but that's well, <laughs> I, I thought me and Caleb were both good kids. Yeah, I tried to be I, a good. I, kid. I didn't become a. I didn't become a vagrant until I got a degree. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was a, I was a pretty good kid too, but my mom to the day like I did I, like she passed away last year in February. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm sorry you. to hear that. Uh, and so I, but I luckily I got to do a podcast episode with her. So I oh, recorded cool. uh, her talking and we asking questions and basically telling the story of her life. Well, she completely threw me under the bus. To the day she died, she swore that I sold myself for sex. She just, <laughs> to the day I die. And all because <laughs> my friend Donald told her I did because it was this girl and she mm-hmm. offered me. The girl was, um, she had a boyfriend, but she didn't care. It was one of those kind of mm-hmm. things where I was playing football and I was, you know, I was working out and a good looking kid. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, he, she, he sold herself, Bonnie. And I was like, don't tell her that. Today she, she died. She swore up and down that, that I did. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what I told her, it didn't matter. And now my son, Gibson, he he told me that the other day. We were a hooker. I was like, I was a hooker. <laughs> uh, what is the soundtrack of your life? Hmm. 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 
<laughs> I don't know. Mine would definitely be somewhere between. I don't know. Mine would be a bluegrass song. I think for sure. Bluegrass song. I'm, I really, I really relate to the um, Appalachian stuff. Like okay. I really enjoy Mars Hill is up in uh, above Asheville. It's like an Appalachian kind of cultural studies center. So like I, I really enjoy those sort of things. So I think it would be like a, uh, something like Old oh Brother Rock. Though honestly, as cheesy as that is, or you know one of those. Ah, yeah. yeah, one of those corny type things that would be I mean because I didn't start playing bluegrass until I was you know 19 mm-hmm. but my mom had a clogging group so there was always bluegrass and and around it was always kind of the sound so if I had a soundtrack it would probably be probably be that now it's probably it's probably went from more of a clean uh, cute bluegrass song to now it's more of a dirty whiskey <laughs> dark <laughs> you know like it more of a more of a uh, leather bound books and yeah Tobacco. I don't smoke, but like that. that's that's the smell of it. Your you know, apartment right? smells of rich mahogany. Yeah, mahogany. <laughs> not tobacco, mahogany. My wa- my wife has these uh, tobacco candles she got for us, and I love it. Like when I get in my office, I light the candle up like I'm some hippie with incense. Hippie, or you are a hippie, Kyle. I'm a little hippie, yeah. I think for me, Eric Church. Mm, I don't know. I can. Sheena E. <laughs> dude, it was. It would be something like weird, almost like a goose song to an extent, because it starts off fairly simple. And like, because when I was a kid, I listened to everything from like country and the fish and like dad liked the old Southern rock stuff. But like on the radio, it was like country radio, the fish, like Christian stuff. And then the fish, not fish. Wes, yeah. If Wes is listening, yeah. the, the fish. fish. <laughs> 104.7. They played the same six songs since 2003. Um, but no, that's what they always had on the radio. And then, and like that classic, that 90s country stuff. But now, it's more like, I guess, alternative, I guess you could say. It's not as simple. <laughs> There's so many influences. Like, I listen to so many random things. So many. Like, my recently played on Spotify is wild. <laughs> and it's like, and it just stays kind of like that. Like, I'll get stuck on a record or like... Like that Dan Tomitsky's his new record. I'll listen to that, and then I'll turn on like some Switchfoot. Occasionally, I'll like, oh, how about some gangster rap? A little bit of Snoop Dogg <laughs> get you through the day. Like, mm. it's so varied. It really yeah. depends on the mood. <laughs> Which plays well for our shows. Yes. Because he knows so many things. Even if he doesn't know it, he kind of knows it. Yeah. yeah. It you know what? Well. I just thought of the song, you guys, we can do. let you practice at the end. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was thinking, you're talking about your life. Mm. Well, you're son of a preacher, man. Janis Joplin. Oh. Did a little son of a Nobody preacher. Could ever reach me. <laughs> you know that song? I've heard it, but I've never played it or sang it. We can do it. I like that. Okay. That's so I will give you time. I, at, I really this. like that song. You guys will be the first live, so I'm going to give you a break and let you do it. Practice it up a little <laughs> okay. bit first before me, we record it. Let me figure it, it out. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I like this. This feels like uh, when I was in college, they would do those like um, MySpace questionnaires. Oh, I met my <laughs> wife on MySpace. Did you really? Yes. That's awesome. Uh, because I was going through a divorce, and she was too. Uh, I'd been separated for I don't know how long at the time. And um, it was funny because she she was in, she's in the military, so she, she's she been in 27 years. Uh, but she saw a picture of my ex-wife and my son and me, and she goes, oh. She saw my sister who happened to work for HR at the Cherokee County. And so she goes, oh, that's a cute family. She goes, oh, you want to? you want to meet him he's going through the same thing that you are you know he's going through divorce and separation and so we we started talking online and at that time was my space and i never talked online before and so i had to ask my mom because she obviously had an online date i did not so i was like mama what do i do she goes well 
just don't say a lot. You know, so I would get like one word answers. You wait till you meet in person. So I'd get like one word answers. It drove my wife crazy. She said, you wouldn't tell me. It's like kids when you ask how their day is. It was okay. It's good. Right. So we met at MySpace and then we went to Cracker Barrel for our first date. That's where we officially met in person. That's awesome. Rock and roll, man. (laughs) Do you have a favorite family vacation? Oh, mine's easy. We, um, well, I'm going to say family is in like before I was married with an adult. Because me and my wife travel a lot. We, that's, mm-hmm. that's like our favorite thing to do. So I have adult ones. But when I was younger, we went to, um, we went to Canada to a dude ranch for a week. Really? And we drove. Because my dad was a truck driver. So we never vacationed. We would just, I would go with my dad places. You know, like we left on Christmas Day one time that evening and went to Las Vegas and drove out there. Like it was Hoover Dam. Like it was really cool, but it was always in a truck. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a vacation. It was kind of like we're going somewhere, but you got to see a lot of things. So I've seen a lot, but we never really had vacations. But when I was going into seventh grade, we drove to the British Columbia Rockies and went to a dude ranch. We drove out a week, stayed a week, drove back a week. That's and that cool. was really, really cool. That's I got cool. to take my best friend. So it was like we had a this like 98 um, Chevy Blazer. And we laid the seats down, and me and my buddy played our Sega Genesis or Sega. <laughs> is that what it was? Like the, the handheld the Game one? Boys? Yeah, like right. the, yeah, yeah. the handheld with Sega Genesis. We, we played that for 3,000 miles as we drove out. It was so, it was so much fun. Yeah, it was, that's mine. I think I have two. Um, as a kid, like, we would go to, we went to Disney World like a time or two. And like, I've never been a big theme park person. But uh, when I was a kid, dad was pastoring at Harmony Grove and there was an older couple that had a beach house down in Daytona. And so, we would go to Daytona like every summer. They'd let us stay in that beach house. It smelled like smoke because both of them smoked. But they were such nice people. And it was like only a block from the beach. And I remember just the good times we had in that little house. And a little duplex they converted into like one house. That's cool. And so like we'd go down there. They'd let us stay down there. And she'd always have a, uh, the lady would always make us a pound cake. And it was always so good. Um, so I have good memories down in Daytona. But I guess the most recent trip was had to be my favorite. We went to Ireland. Um, so we started in Dublin. We were there for a week. Mm-hmm. Started in Dublin, two days there, two days in Cork, and two days in Galway. And we got to see the Cliffs of Moher. Like, I got pictures that looks just like a postcard. It was absolutely beautiful. So green. Like, when you think of Ireland, it's the Emerald Isle. It really is. It was absolutely beautiful. So yeah, that, That's my favorite one as an adult. Me and my yeah. wife did two weeks in Ireland a couple years ago. That was my favorite. You got to yeah. go. Oh, yeah, I want to go. We was talking about off-air, guys. He's not about Ireland. Me and my wife talked about retiring to Ireland uh, just to get away, you know, because why not? It's, it's, yeah. I always wanted to go. But, yeah, sure. We're gonna, she's from Germany. So we, I've been to Germany. Okay. Uh, when I went with her, the kids, my twins, uh, were just born. It's like 18 months old. Yeah. And we went and seen her Oma. And I remember going. Uh, it was in June. It was so hot. And Germany doesn't believe in air conditioning. Not many people have air conditioning out there. It's yeah. all brick homes. And it was so hot. And I remember because the kids were too little and her old mom was like almost blind. So she couldn't really pick up the floor and vacuum do a lot of stuff. So we had to hold the kids the whole time. But we walked everywhere. So I ended up losing a lot of weight when we went on vacation because I had to walk everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But it was so much fun. Yeah. But yeah, we talked about going to Ireland. That's, that's one of them. We went through uh, EF tours. And so that way it's like a planned tour. And it's like, here's what you're going to do the days you're there. So that way you can kind of get a good glimpse of it. My sister, she's done all sorts of tours with the EF. Okay. She has, she yeah. kind of works with them. His sisters and our, me and my wife and uh, Angelique Jansen, they're soccer, and, and his sister, it's like our little travel group. There's four teachers we always go and do. But every, every year we do at least one trip. 
somewhere. We went to uh, went to Yosemite last year. That's where we were just talking about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, EF tours, right? See? EF tours. I can give shouts out to whoever you want to. I'm fine with that. Me and my wife will figure out something. That, yeah, I'll talk to him. I'll look for, into him because we're going places eventually. <laughs> Hopefully. What's your favorite dessert? Mm. This one's easy. Every year for my birthday, my mom makes a homemade uh, chocolate cake. It's like an old style where you take the uh, toothpicks and like put it down, oh, chocolate oh, ice on top. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is that's my favorite by far. I'm gonna say, um, I mean, M and M's is the that's the Ooh. that's the dirty answer. Like, that's <laughs> the peanut M and M's or just M and M's? Peanut M. There's only one kind of M and M's. There's a bunch of other. Things yeah. that call themselves M and M's, peanut M and M's. Oh yeah, baby. That's my go-to. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm a big peanut butter guy, so like um, I really enjoy. I mean, anything that's like Reese's type dessert, like a like a Reese's Blizzard or something like that. But if I mean, if I have a glass of whiskey, I'm really close to a bag of M and M's usually. If I think of a drink peanut butter whiskey, that's, that's uh, I'm sure that's uh, a thing. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I can't get into that. I'm more of a classic whiskey guy, but I'm, I'm a bourbon guy. But I I can't get into the flavored stuff. But I'm M and M's. That's, yeah. that's what it is. I, I love peanut butter. My granny used to get go get those five-gallon jugs of peanut butter from, like, Sam's, <laughs> and I could Peter Pan and bring it, and we'd eat it. Because my mom, my senior year, and I've told this to, I don't know if it says on air or not, but my mom, the senior year of high school, mom, she was so pissed off at my dad. Stop cooking. And I'm, I'm playing football, working out. I'm like, I got to eat. So I lived <laughs> off Pop-Tarts and peanut butter that whole year. <laughs> that's all I could eat. What kind of Pop-Tarts? Uh, blueberry, just the standard Pop-Tarts I get from Kroger. Rock and roll, man. I like what that. kind of pop tarts do you do? I like. There's only one answer to this, too. <laughs> I like strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon. Those are my two. Those s'mores are my good. S'mores. Oh, I can't eat s'mores. Mm. Like, I don't even like s'mores candy stuff. Oh, I'm not a big chocolate I'll, eater. I like a good. I like a good s'more around a campfire. As far as eating one on a normal basis, no. But strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon, Kyle? I'll take, See, I'll take I, strawberry as a sub, sub correct. Answer. I don't want to cook a marshmallow. I think it's wasting the marshmallow. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not cooking that. That's not something to cook. All right, I got one more question for you guys. All right. All right. Um, kind of touched on a little bit. What's the best advice you've ever got? Oh, gosh. That's hard. The best advice I've ever gotten. I think it changes with the seasons of your life. Mm-hmm. I, I think as a um, – as a younger man, it was it was just to believe in the work. Like, don't be scared to just put the work in endlessly, even though you can't really see the end goal working out. Right. Just just put the work in. And I learned that very young, and I, I knew I was not, especially as a football player, and as an athlete, I knew I wasn't the most gifted athlete, but I always tried to work really hard to get where I could. And I think that was just the working, just work as hard as you can to get whatever it is you're doing. Just be obsessed about it. You know, like that was, I can't remember, I had a coach when I was, when I was younger that, that believed in me and, uh, what was his name? Gosh, I'm actually, <clears throat> anyway, he, but it was just like, just, just give yourself to it, whatever it is. And that, that would be my advice to somebody else would just give yourself whatever it is, just commit and be obsessed about it until you figure it out and it'll, it'll come eventually or it won't. And you'll be really, really good at something. And you'll have another skill. So that's probably, as I get older, it's probably more of a, I don't know, believe in yourself, you know, like be, be your, no, I, I take it all back. I, I lied. That's all. That's all. You lied. <laughs> Liar. I had a professor at Mars Hill and you can probably hear my voice, my 
southern hillbilly in me. But I had a professor at uh, Mars Hill. I believe he had a PhD in sociology or anthropology from University of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So he's a very, very smart man. And he had a real thick accent. He was from, from deep Tennessee, you know. Oh, yeah. I got some family up there. <laughs> and he, um, I was, I made all, all A's through college. I was at the top of my class and things like that. And he told me as a freshman, he said, now listen, you have an accent. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter how you say it, it's what you say. So make sure you understand that don't let people try to change your accent if what you're saying is valid and has content and is you know, is, is a good thing to say. So like don't don't let people try to tell you that you're dumb because of the way you sound. Because mm-hmm. he had a real thick one too. So I was like that always really stuck out to me as like a thing that you know, even though, cause I, like, I'm my hillbilly, I'll say right, right, <laughs> you know, M. five. Yeah, you know, and I'm the announcer for Cherokee. So if you come to football games or basketball games, uh, the voice really, of the Warriors. Really are, oh, okay, because we will be there because my daughter and uh, my niece who live here, they are part of Color Guard and the marching band. Yeah. So, so we yeah. will be there. So when you hear that voice, that's me talking. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I'm very bad to say, all right, it'll be second down and five. Uh, second down and five. And I have to, like, change it. So, but I always like just, first down warriors. Yeah. He told, he told me to make sure that it didn't matter how I talked, just make sure I was saying things that were of value to people. That's, so that's, that's a good, that was my best advice. I think for me, um, so I look up to my dad a lot. So him being a preacher, like he's a very strong man of faith. And so that's had a huge impact on me. Um, but for me, the best advice he's ever given me is, there's a reason you're there. Like, Solid. because, like, I've had a lot of jobs where it's like, man, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's like, Caleb, there's a reason you're there. You make the most of it. He's like, so, like, when I, when I started at Automation, I was in the warehouse. It was a lot of long days. They were hard. It was hard work. There was, like, I'd walk 10 miles a day. Like, when I started there, I weighed, like, 250, and I lost, like, 50 pounds. It was a lot of walking. It was very hard work. And I was like, man, I want to quit. Like, I was so close to quitting. Like, a lot. And Dad was like, Caleb, there's a reason you're there. You can do this. Just keep going. So that's definitely the best advice I've got. That's all advice. It is all. And that's always like to end the show on the the best advice. That way people listen and get something like the Jerry Springer hour, you know, a little tidbit at the end. All right, everybody. Things have been really weird for the last hour and a half. But <laughs> let's you get serious for me. I'm not the father. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming to the thank show. Thank you for having us, yeah. man. Yeah, I've had a blast. I could talk forever, but I had to make this part two if I did. <laughs> we still got some stuff we're going to do uh, as far as like your music okay. stuff here. We'll let okay. you get it and uh, off air. But tell everybody where they can find you. All right. So, again, we are Caleb Wilkie and the Privateers. My name is Caleb Wilkie. And I'm Kyle Davis. And you can find us online uh, on Instagram at CW Privateers, C-W-P-R-I-V-A-T-E-R-S, and CWPrivateers.com for all dates, social links, videos, everything else. Yeah, and don't be scared to reach out. Like we, we, we enjoy talking to people and enjoy connecting with folks. So if there's something you want us to do and come to your place and do stuff, that's we would love to, we'd love to talk about it. So we're always, oh, yeah. always glad to meet new people and do new things. Perfect. All right, everybody, this is Georgia Songbirds, and you were listening to Caleb Wilkie and Kyle Davis from uh, Caleb Wilkie and – you said CW. I keep thinking the CW <laughs> show. Caleb Wilkie and the Privateers. Thank you, guys. <laughs>